The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 99. Oh, God, so close. Damn it. Ooh, just one off. That is, okay, and I I know that I've said it a million times before, but I literally mean it now. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, we're we're in Prince numbers now, and by that I mean, you know, party like it's 1999, but uh, whatever. I mean, (laughs) whatever, we're close to 100, okay? We're, We're that damn close. That's crazy to me, just... 100 we have sat here and just completely shit on these records 99 times that's not true because we have some very highly rated albums <laughs> fair enough fair enough and those are the good ones and also if to anyone's technically counting we've done this is technically episode 100 if you yeah. want to count episode 5a and b but we don't we don't talk about that we that was just a weird two-parter but anyways your constantly shocked host of the day are chris and savannah yeah that is us just an, oh my god huh. jump scare galore that's that's all that this is turning out to be but anyways um thank you very much for being here today episode 99 what a number to jump in on uh so if you like what you see and or hear today, whatever we're doing on the podcast, then make sure you do one of a bunch of things, if not all the things, to help show your support. Like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, and follow. Six things that you could do, two thumbs up right there, to help show your support of the show. It helps boost us in the algorithm, more eyes and ears. I say it all the time, but I mean it all the time because obviously algorithms are tough to play with if uh, uh-huh. any other former, or not former, but any uh, current creators out there would know that. So please do one of those things. It really helps. And you can also do all of those things to help if you go over to ratetherecord.ca. That is our website, ratetherecord.ca. That's where you find all of the uh, social media links that we're a part of, like the official ones. We're not anywhere else, but I don't think we're big enough that people would rip us off anyways. All of these streaming links you could possibly want are found over there as well. Uh, the RTR Club also, ko.com slash rate the record, five bucks a month if you want to join, go ahead and do that. That's a, uh, an optional paid way of supporting the show. Request albums, and I'm sure there's other stuff over there. But regardless, you can find more at ratetherecord.ca. Sorry, Chris, I didn't catch that. Was that ratetherecord.ca? Uh, no, it was rate the record. Oh, wait, you were right. Ratetherecord.ca. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Got to throw people for a loop a little bit. <laughs> So, yeah, here we are uh, for episode 99. I mean, I'm still thinking about episode 100 next week because obviously, like, 100's a big number. But yeah. for now, Savannah chose an album that I'm going to have to be talking a little bit about today just because <laughs> it just it worked for, uh-huh. like, us kind of passing the workload back and forth. But anyways, Savannah chose The Cure and their 1987 album, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, or just Kiss Me X3, whatever. <laughs> just call whatever you want at that point. This is not a surprise uh, if you have heard us and me before. Um, I have heard one song on this record. Just one. Well, on this record, but you also told me off camera like last week, too, that you've only heard one song, period, by The Cure. No, no, okay, no. Only one Did song you hear on Friday this record. Friday I'm in Love, at least? Yes, and okay. Love Song. And Love Song. And I think, no, and Boys Don't Cry. So there are four oh, okay. songs that everyone knows are the only ones that I know. 
So I, I hope this opened my eyes a little bit. I feel like Friday I'm in Love is probably the most well-known Cure song. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. I, I'm not I'm not huge on the Cure discography. I do really like the Cure, I'll say that much. I own two yeah. of their albums on vinyl. I own uh, Pornography and Faith, although my favorite album, Disintegration, for some reason that vinyl price went up, so good luck with me ever fucking oh. buying that one. Of course. I could tell a story about that, but I, I'm not going to because that's a whole uh, other tangent that we can't get into right now because first... <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you right now, like if you've been here before, then you know we usually go on tangents. Trying to cut back on that a little bit, but at the same time, they're fun to do. But if you're new here, we do talk about albums, I promise. We'll get to that in a minute. So first, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Uh, glad to see a bunch of new people in the crowd, if there indeed is. So if you're new here, you don't know what we do. Each week, Savannah and I, we will choose an album, and we will discuss it at length from front to back. It could be a random album. It could be an anniversary album. It could be a request album. Regardless, we will discuss it from front to back. We rank the songs, and then we rank rate the, the record. record. There we go. And that's how we didn't cut out, too. So, like, we both got in there clean. Cha-ching. It's about time. Although, I just yell and hope for the best, you know? just Just throw it out there and see what sticks. Well, next week it has to sound even better because that's episode 100. And I have a feeling it will sound much better. Oh, I will practice. I will practice. Scream your heart out. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, as I said, Savannah did choose today's album, but I will be uh, telling you a little bit about The Cure and this album, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, because, again, we're just nice and we trade off workloads. That's how this works around here. <laughs> and also, I feel like I know a little more about this band than you do anyways. A hundred percent, yes. I, I like post-punk and the new romantic movement and everything like that. So uh, it's one of those bands I really like. So here we go. The Cure are a post-punk slash new wave band out of Crawley, West Sussex, England. Uh, though the band officially formed in 1978, members of the band originally played together in 1973 in a group while in school called Obelisk. In 1976, another group was formed under the name Malice, who mainly played various classic rock hits from David Bowie, Jimi Hendrix, and more. I had to read that part slowly because I had to put the, the Bowie card up there. And just in case I need to put another band name up there soon, <laughs> got to make sure there's enough space. Through uh, and audio listeners, I'm talking about the YouTube channel. Go watch YouTube. <laughs> let's see here uh let's uh, where did i just leave off i completely just oh there we go so, through I'm, I'm professional i promise i think through 1977 and various member changes the band found themselves influenced by the rise of punk music that was going on at the time they changed their name to easy cure and after one more major round of changes they became the cure in 1978 the original lineup consisted of frontman and multi-instrumentalist robert smith lol tullhurst on drums and percussion and michael dempsey on bass and backing vocals but for the sake of today's album the lineup includes smith and tullhurst alongside simon gallup on bass Paul thompson on guitars and keys and horns and boris williams taking over for drums lol tallhurst would actually become the main keyboardist of the band at this point the cure toured with fellow post-punk band and of notoriety Susie and the banshees another band i actually really like uh and that tour saw robert smith playing double duty smith would play his set with the cure and then play guitar for the banshees as the former guitarist for that band had uh quit mid-tour This would start to change Smith's mind about the direction of The Cure to go from a punky, poppy type of rock sound to a more gothic and romantic tone that we uh, know them for today at the very least. Although they would still incorporate that other stuff in their music as well. Yeah. 
So from there, each album release gained the band more and more popularity and notoriety, finding placements on the UK album charts. They would crack the Billboard 200 for the first time in 1984 with the release of their fifth studio album, The Top, which was apparently a very psychedelic album. I haven't heard that one, but I'm curious to listen to that after we're done this whole thing. Their star would continue to rise and their sound would continue to evolve, which brings us to today's release. So, Kiss Me, I'm just going to refer to it as that because it's just repetitive at that point, is the seventh studio album by the group. It was released May 25th, 1987. The album was recorded at Miraval Studios in France, as well as Campus Point in the Bahamas. They really went all over the world for this one. Jesus. And I, I, I think at some point in the album, you can kind of hear that influence, too. Mm-hmm. One particular track, too. We'll get to that a little later. It was released through Fiction Records and I believe Elektra in the U.S. when it was released in the U.S the US um, and was produced by David M. Allen, who had also worked with the psychedelic furs, the sisters of mercy, the damned many more bands and Robert Smith himself also produced the album. The album received general widespread acclaim across many outlets. Blender gave it a five out of five, 4.5 out of five from sounds, a 9.4 out of 10 from pitchfork and a bunch of three out of fours and four out of fives from various outlets, including the Chicago Sun-Times, the LA Times, Q, the Rolling Stone Album Guide, and those people that we used to talk to over at All Music. See, I, I loved like the the progression of that story. Like it went from best friends and then seasons later, it's just like distant mutuals. Yeah, just you shoulder check each other in the hallway. It's, that's like yeah. a, a three or four season story now. I love that, <laughs> that we've really concluded that arc a bit. Um, the album had seven uh, top ten chart placements across Australia, Austria, the Netherlands, Europe album, European album charts, Germany, Switzerland, and the UK charts. The album went to platinum in the US and gold in the UK, Portugal, and France. The album has four singles, Why Can't I Be You, Catch, Just Like Heaven, and Hot, Hot, Hot. Okay, um, so you said seven tracks, like, charted? Oh, like... Three oh no no the, the the album charted yeah. uh, oh, okay seven top ten placements they had like okay I think altogether the okay. album had like twenty plus but like seven of them were te- top ten at least okay I thought you were saying like seven like seven songs I'm like holy shit no, no. <laughs> like that's a lot although granted it's a seventeen song album so seven yeah. songs doesn't seem like such a stretch. Uh, just before we start, uh, we we had to do a bit of a cut there because we had to talk about the song Hey You, which is apparently the eighth song on like the re-release. We're going by the original CD release and also the one that's on Spotify, and the song Hey You is omitted, although it's like on the original cassette and like vinyl release apparently. So just in case anyone's wondering, we're doing 17 songs, and Hey You is not one of those songs. Everything else should be intact and okay. Okay, I will completely rework all of my uh, ratings, and uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs> I was going to say, that this, is, this is the nature <laughs> of the biz. You have to work on the fly. This is how this works. All solved. I'm ready to go. I'm raring to go. Well, then that means we're ready to start with the very first song. Song number one, The Kiss. You know, the one from Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. This is the kiss in, in, in uh, question. Well, he definitely says, kiss me, kiss me in far more songs than just this one. Um, I'd like Very to know man. if I'd like to know if he ever got that kiss. Um, He's married. So, I'd assume, so I would hope so. 
Well, you never know. Sneaky, sneaky. Hey, I, okay. I'll, first, sorry, I'll start by saying that yeah. uh, there's recent live video of yeah. uh, his wife outside stage while the tour uh, cures touring. He sings yeah. plain song from my favorite album, Disintegration, and he's yeah. like literally walking side stage, singing directly to her. Like he's kind of like yeah. off stage; people can't see him. So, like, where the hell did he go? He's literally singing the song to the microphone, looking at his wife in the eyes. So, he's a very romantic man. Chances are, he's been kissed. I would not, I'd like, I'm, this is just personal, and I apologize if I offend anybody, I would not be able to look at somebody in his, what, 60s, 70s, maybe, oh um, black eyeliner, smudged red lipstick, and hasn't brushed his hair a day in his life, uh, singing, I love you so much, you are my baby, I'd be like, please, you stink, get away from me. <laughs> I can deal with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I cannot. But enough about me and more about me. I, the more I listen to this song, the easier it is to get past like the really drawn out intro. And that's not the last time I'm going to say that. Oh, well, hell no. Oh, hell no. not the last time I'm going to mention the long drawn out intro anyways. Um, and like, like you said at the beginning, I haven't really listened to them, I guess, as a band before. Only a couple singles, that's it. So I don't really know what to expect and i feel like this song kind of threw me for like threw a curveball at me because the the songs that i have heard are all you know like uppity poppy kind of just happier kind of sounding songs and i'm listening to this going ooh, this sounds like it's going to kind of get a little you know intense a little bit and it kind of does it kind of has like a dark sun kind of sound to it well, see that's the kind of cure that i'm I'm used to like, like the more atmospheric tracks and everything mm -hmm. like that uh very atmospheric post-punk style and it falls into that new romantic category and everything like that so like that's what i'm used to so then when i hear the epic or popular songs it's like this feels weird so like we're oh, like on the opposite really? spectrum granted like i've heard the popular songs i mean like we've all heard friday i'm in love yeah and it goes and also like We'll get into it a little later, but the song like "Why Can't I Be You" that one took me by surprise. Oh, really? I don't. I, I've never listened to this uh, album in full, so like some of the songs like caught me off guard. And you said this one did. My, my story is completely different. <laughs> it's. I always like hearing that when I'm listening to an album for a completely first time, and you say, "Oh, I, I like this band, but maybe I haven't listened to this album in its entirety." I still kind of feel like I'm sharing that like first time feeling with you and it's always interesting how opposite we feel about these things so it, it, it's gonna be interesting as we get further then because i'm curious to know your opinion on certain things as we move but then i'm starting to think like god we're not gonna have any matches are we <laughs> if, if we're already like polar opposite yeah. at this point who knows Yep. Um, because I, I do like how moody this song kind of not only starts, but just like is starting for the album. Uh, it's just a good atmospheric kickoff. I try not to use the word atmospheric a lot, but like that happens Sorry. a lot when I talk about the cure because like literally like a lot of the atmosphere is like just built into these songs and it's like kind of what envelops you emotionally. So I really like that. Um I, I'll one kind of smaller note, I guess, like though it's subtle, I like how like the bass 
goes for like these hard hits in the beginning and runs alongside the guitar too kind of gives you more of those punches like uh the texture of all the instruments are like really smooth but like they're all contributing in their own way in in this one some of some of the songs they like run like kind of mirror each other yeah yeah and some of them go wild as well uh but this one's like a good like indicator of like what they do on their own, what makes the song sound good because of it. So I like that it adds that and that it's doing that very first song into the album. So you mentioned the bass and I have one line about the bass in this song. And I thought that it did a very good job at keeping everything together. Like your responsible friend at the club. It's like everything can kind of go squirrely and off, but you always have that bass that's dependable and you know, it's going to be there and it'll lead you home. And I like that. It was nice. See, I, I, I thought the bass more of a wingman where it's like, you're just kind of like minding your own business in like a club or something. And then this guy walks and he's like, hey, my friend over there thinks you're cute. And then you see this, you see this shadowy dude in a dark corner with this large puffy hair just kind of hunched over his drink staring into it. <laughs> and that's Robert Smith in the corner, by the way. Oh, and the... Uh, and the bass player is the one who's like trying to work him up. The, the visions are now on your side. For this review i only had a couple but uh hey, to be fair strong I, I didn't think about that originally i'm only working off of what you gave me so far <laughs> yeah improv exactly i'd like to think i'm good at improv but if you watch this podcast long enough probably not <laughs> yeah i i say the same thing about myself yes <laughs> but uh i only have a couple more things about this song itself um it Again, the whole long lead up, I did not expect it because it took about four minutes to get to the lyrics. Uh, they were very sparse and gone quickly. So it was kind of like, I, I don't know, it felt more like an introduction than like a full on here. This is what we're about. It's kind of like uh, this is what we're about. Kind of stay tuned. You'll get more. And that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, with the atmospheric kind of sounds and just the stuff that the guitar is doing. Um, I listed a couple things that I thought the guitar sounded like. This guitar sounded like a voice mimicking a guitar. It sounded like a cat crying. You know, when the cats kind of sound like babies when they like are in discomfort or when they're in water. Okay, I've bathed, so, yeah. I've bathed cats before. They don't like it. And I've only watched cats on TikTok. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, much different. Um, it sounded like a pot of boiling water, and it sounded like screeching tires, because I could tell that he was, like, scraping the pick against the strings and doing some stuff, and uh, that's definitely what I got. 100% cat crying, definitely a voice mimicking a guitar. And don't I actually kind of liked it. Don't know where you heard the boiling water portion of it, though. So that's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I wrote it down and went, yeah, that sounds about right. So at the time it did. But like, I don't know, maybe I have to go back and listen for something like that specifically then. Listen, <laughs> going, what was she on? <laughs> I, and I, I guess I'll, I'll mention too, uh, like, and I said this back when we did the Smiths as well, because they're kind of in the same wheelhouse of music. Although I know Robert Smith fucking hates Morrissey for the passion. Oh, yeah. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, th this is the kind of band I love to listen to, but it, it, it like reviewing is a whole different thing. Yeah. When you have to like break down songs and like really listen to them, where it's just having the albums on is a pleasant experience for me. 
hence why I'm like I'm building up my post punk collection, my vinyls. I, I would I would show them off, but we're we're not. I don't own Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, so I can't show it off, unfortunately. But yeah. still, like, yeah, it's just it's it's hard to like get through some of these songs because then you notice how repetitive some of them feel and like how like some of the big courses are lacking or anything like that. But like when you're just casually listening, it doesn't matter in a way. Like, and I kind of wish we were just doing that, but we can't break the tradition of the show. So I don't know. I I love with all of these. Well, we can't say just this or or that. It's like, well, I I'd like to think that that's kind of just the whole review of this entire album. We can wrap it up. Oh, but there's things I like about it. Oh, okay, okay. I guess I guess those are worth listening to. Uh, it, the only other note I have too about the song is um, in this actually again I haven't heard this album before, so this comes up more than once. But I note it here because it happens here. Just like you, you mentioned how long it takes for the vocals to kick in, and obviously yes. that's a big staple of the album. But I love how impassioned and like emotional he is when he comes in. He's got like an intensity, like an emotional intensity to his voice. Yeah. And I, I really like that. I dig it. It really matches like it matches well with like that smooth but tense atmosphere of the track. So like they're they're doing really well with that. Um, I, I kind of like when he gets more intense in his vocals, which actually in the very last song in this album he does, which I've not not heard him do. So that was very interesting. But mm-hmm. that's that's fucking seventeen songs away. We'll get to we get there. You chose this album, okay? Don't I roll your know. Eyes. I know, and I should have released some sort of formal apology because it wasn't until I picked it and I was like, yeah, I know that song. That's cool, which is just like heaven. Everyone knows that song if you've ever heard the radio ever. Um, But uh, as soon as I opened up on Spotify and I always go down to see the duration of the album, see what I'm in for. I went down and all I thought was fuck. (laughs) I fucked up. Girl did her homework, not. So dumb. Ay, ay, ay. Well, oh well. It's done over with now. All right. We'll keep we'll keep running along because we got a lot of songs to get through. Song number two, catch. So his singing, uh, to me, sounds like he's on his deathbed releasing family secrets because he's kind of talking it like it's a very smooth kind of it's a it's more toned down than the last song um and this entire song reminds me of wilco like a lot it, it, you've only heard one album it That's sounds fair, fair. <laughs> it's to me it sounds like wilco a lot uh, but maybe wilco is really inspired by the cure which yeah. clearly they had taken a little bit maybe of uh inspiration but i mean i like wilco i'm down for it um and the strings are nice and i do mention the strings and all these other instruments it i'm never sure when it comes to these 80s bands and 80s albums is it just one keyboard or are they actual instruments so i'm just going to refer to them as as if they're actual instruments um but if i'm wrong and if you know better let me know um the strings are nice but i did find it a little conflicting because it seems like it wants to be upbeat like the whole song but the strings are kind of like a somber addition it's kind of like a a sad to oh no the cure's doing somber music i know but it's like it's like for someone who's only heard four upbeat songs yeah, by yeah, them, <laughs> the the only idea that i get it of like oh they're kind of a gothy band is literally their physical image and that's it 
no, they they are like very highly acclaimed in the goth slash bat caver community for a reason. Interesting. Have you ever heard of the term bat caver? I have not. It was original. It was the original goth, essentially. Interesting. Very early eighties. If you were a bat caver, you're a goth, essentially. Mm, I I think the only sort of quote goth music that I really listen to is typo negative. But even then, they're they skew so much closer to like rock and heavy heavy rock than sort of they have some romantic elements to it, but. Yeah, not as much as what I assume the cure would. Yeah, they're definitely more on like the metal side of things. Yeah, for the most part, uh, I've I I, just, I can't get in type of negative. I've tried, I've tried, but just yeah. there's something so clownish about it to me. There are some songs that I have to like either turn down or turn off if other people are out are around. Because I'm like, mm, I don't want you to hear that I'm listening. They to covered this. "Summer Breeze," okay? Yeah, I mean, like that was and a that, that's a weird ass cover. Yeah, and so and Cinnamon Girl. Yeah, they did Cinnamon Girl, did they? they did. Oh no, they Not did. I actually really, I actually really like it. It's pretty good. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, with this song, it was like it was kind of a weird switch in moods, but it's like it's a soft and pleasant enough track that doesn't bother me too much. So I'm not gonna yeah say too much to complain about that. Um, one thing I really liked with the uh, the guitar, like this kind of quiet wah effect, and it pops up once in a while on the song and I, I really like that it felt a little out of place just felt a little strange though so it's not bad though i'll, I'll say that much mm-hmm. um and the song is actually really short like the lengths of song uh length of time on these songs are like all over the place on this album oh my god yes so this is one of the shorter ones two minutes and 45 seconds uh, i felt it was just too short like i know yeah. it was like it was generally getting pretty repetitive and most songs do that on this album uh but the flow is just really pleasant and i was just like mindlessly enjoying it so i mean I don't mind if it continues for another minute or two. Again, as I go back to that note about me just like listening to these albums and enjoying the experience and not reviewing yeah. it. So if it goes on for like six, seven minutes, guess what? I don't even count the time. I'm just like, this is a nice song. And I'm just like going about my business, enjoying things. Oh, they're okay. So a couple things. Hopefully I don't forget them. Um, one of them, there is a song closer to the end of the album that in duration doesn't seem that long but in my ears it literally felt like it was taking forever i was like how many times has how many times has this song restarted and it only it was still on its first playthrough so i'm like ugh, little little much um but anywho this one um i mentioned the strings uh kind of a negative on those ones um it is a nice song, but I am not a fan of the strings throughout the whole song. I do wish that it kind of like took a breath a little bit. I feel like it would be a little bit more meaningful than just having it there the whole time. Um, but with the amount of songs that have like strings and horns and all that stuff, this is the only song that I had a gripe with. So good. I'm glad we got it out of the way. So then you can, you know, I, I can show my proper appreciation for these instruments. And I will mention the drums far more than just this one time. Uh, the drum beat is fun and it kind of sounds like it's skipping, like, you know, some like playground skipping. And it, it kind of adds like a, a jubilant kind of feeling to it, which again, with the strings, make me feel like I should be sad, but I want to play. I don't know how to feel. But it, 
was fine. I I didn't mind it. <laughs> you you can be a, a depressed goth kid on a playground. You're allowed to. Oh my god! It's like someone someone kicks you the ball, and instead of stabbing it with your knife, you just kind of toss it back, and you're like, "Who am I? <laughs> I participated that, in play." Like the ball rolls up to your feet, and you like crouch over, you pick it up, and you're just like, "What's your name?" <laughs> Brush it with your hands slowly. Why won't you talk to me? Fingers indent into oh the my ball. <laughs> God, that is terrifying. Hey, pass it back. You just look up like, oh, you just drop it and like skitter off. <laughs> you, you forgot the hissing. Oh, no, we're not going to like a uh, weird edgelord type. I'm half wolf, half person type person, you know? Not ripping on those people, just saying. I was gonna say I've never met anyone like that, so uh, I thought I they only I thought they only existed in fairy tales. I, I I have, and I've worked with someone like that before, back when I was in retail. Fantastic. Uh, I, I although I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was torture, but I was uh, gonna do that, but I wasn't sure you were done. <laughs> Damn it. I, I I wouldn't say it was torture. It was just weird. But song number three is indeed torture. <laughs> <laughs> anyways hey you took like song, all of them last week okay i gotta get some back i know because i just did so well uh this song sounds like a rainy night in october uh decent bass riff uh nice to hear really like it um there's a lot going on but i kind of wish that it filled out more um, I never know if with these older albums, it's just like the production uh, abilities they had at the time. If it was like a a product of its time where, oh, other band, like if it was trendy to do something a certain way and whatnot. But this song just it it felt like it had so much more space to fill that it wasn't filling. And I wish that it kind of did. Um, and. <laughs> Okay, this is this is uh what long not long standing, but uh this is valid for every song going forward. Uh it's so much easier to listen to this when you're on the edge of a breakdown. Welcome to 80s goth music. <laughs> it's like when you're happy, you can't listen to it. You're like, what is this? But when you feel like shit, you're listening to this going, I feel you, man. I totally understand. So it was a little okay. hard because I'm in a good mood. There's, there's, I can't even remember the, what the meme is now, and I'm going to ruin this, but like, it's like this the Smiths found the misery in life and found humor in it. The Cure saw the misery in life and found X in it. Yeah. And then I think it was like Joy Division found the humor, and then it's like, that's where the joke goes. I don't know, but like, I wish I wish I knew it because it was like so fitting to what you just said, though. Yeah. Uh, so it was useless for me to bring that up because I don't even remember how he's <laughs> <laughs> just killing time, I guess. But I mean, I get I can kill time by telling you what I thought about the song. Um, this, yeah, it kind of rivaled the pace of the previous song too, like the energy and pacing, everything like that. But I, I think this honestly would have worked better uh, if these two songs, like Catch and Torture, had switched places. Yeah, because I think Catch was like a little bit softer, so it would have been nice to have like a little further in whereas this one had a little more life to it so it would have been better to follow the kiss mm-hmm. then it goes torture and then it comes right down with cat so i think that would have worked better okay not that it affected the score or anything but it was just kind of like a, a note i made to myself while i was listening to it i don't mm-hmm. know if maybe you heard the same thing or not or maybe if you cared at all i don't know um 
sometimes I notice, I think a lot of it is mostly at the end of the album where I, I kind of want it to wrap up differently. Um, but during, uh, I found that uh, the, I guess, track listing uh, was pretty okay with me. I didn't really have any qualms with it. They'd calm down at appropriate times, which I appreciated. I, I will agree with your note about like wanting certain things to end differently. And I, yeah. I will say that later on in the album too. Um, this one, I, I love the bass work in this one too. It's like some really fun stuff going on behind like the drums and guitars and like they're creating their own like kind of airy atmospheric sound while the bass is being kind of playful. So I thought those two competing textures were really nice. And uh, Robert's intense delivery vocal comes back on this one, which is also nice because yeah, the last one he was like super just kind of soft and like, kind of soft-spoken and everything like that yeah so it was nice to have the intensity back uh, i really enjoy these styles of vocals from him i think it works well especially depending on the song and like the message he's trying to get out although yeah. the message is the same a lot i'm sad i'm in love kiss me kiss me kiss me hold me hug me i love you i miss you we walked through the rain yeah he mentions rain on every single album so i mean like well, there I wasn't too far off with the rainy night in October. There you go. My name's Robert Smith. I like to kiss and get in cold in the rain. <laughs> That's his dating video right there. Oh, I love that man. That that accent was atrocious. Yes, it was because I'm I, I'm <laughs> terrible at all accents. So you're welcome. Uh, I don't thank you. I do have one one last note about this one, and um, I I notice that in this song, and I think maybe one or two others going forward, um, they'll bring in like like saxophone or woodwinds or just something cool. And then it comes in and I'm like, sick, this is great. And then the vocals come back in and then it's like who like the musician playing that instrument. It's like Robert Smith kind of shoulders them out of the way. And then they're like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. And then like backs up and never comes back. So the saxophone, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Comes in closer to the end. Vocals come in. Did not hear one fucking note from that saxophone again. I'm like, oh, like it could have it could have kind of silently played through the end or something. I'm like, oh, that was a little frustrating because I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Well, I'm wondering if it was actually him doing it because I said he was a multi-instrumentalist. I'm, I'm looking at the page oh, right shit. now. Okay, well, I take it back if it was him doing it. I, I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page right now. Uh, yeah. Paul Thompson. Oh, no, he only played saxophone in Shiver and Shake. Uh, it's it track really, three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't really say who did it. It might have just been since then. Oh, shit. Well, it because, sounded good and I liked it. It just says, yeah, Paul Thompson, saxophone, shiver and shake. Uh, Robert Smith plays a recorder on certain songs. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's and then I am so bad at that. <laughs> a guest musician, Andrew Brennan on saxophone and Icing Sugar and Hey You, which oh. one song we're not even covering. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh I don't God. have an answer for you. Okay. Well, then. Um... I am going to give those uh, points with a grain of salt only because if if he for some reason is playing it, I understand why during the vocals they went away. Well, yeah, if it was Smith playing, that would be a whole different story. It's kind of like it, it, it's like if you listen to this, uh, the song, uh, literally the last single line shows ever released at this point is uh, God Break Down the Door. It's like one of the only one of the 
only few times ever that you hear a saxophone and nine Chanel song, it's Trent Reznor playing it. And so when he starts singing, there's no more saxophone. Yeah, uh, because like obviously he's got it down, and I've watched. I, I haven't seen the song live, unfortunately, but I, I've seen video where he's like he's doing the sax stuff live, and then just down. God break down the door, like it's like that's pretty badass. I, I knew he played yeah. saxophone. He's done it before, but I mean, like shit, it's cool to see that in concert. Yeah, and it's not something that you would think somebody like that would not only play, but like go out of their way to learn how to play. Oh, so Trent used to be in a marching is... band when he was in high school. Oh, everyone well, knows I he's a fucking know nerd. Okay, yep. well, everyone minus me then. Okay, every Nine Inch Nails fan knows he's a fucking nerd, <laughs> so it's fine. Nine yeah. Inch Nerd! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fucking well, nerd. We, we will move... I, I say that wearing the fucking hoodie right now. Right? I, am I a fan? I don't know. Song number four, we're moving on now. If only tonight we could sleep. It's weird that's that's a question. It's not really a question, but there's a question mark at the end of the title, so... Well, um, I was going to think of some sort of smart-ass answer, but I got nothing. Uh, but I do have praise for the drums again. Um, I called them very worldly because I didn't know what else to say. Ethnic. But I, yeah, I was going to say that and then it sounded weird. So I was like, I'm not going to say that. If that's uh, inappropriate, I, I apologize, but I don't think yeah, it is. I loved it. I loved the intro. It was different. I did not expect it at all. Uh, solid, for sure. Yeah, and like uh, I didn't anticipate that heavy ethnic feeling. Again, if I'm saying this and I I'm not aware that this is offensive for some reason, I don't think yeah. it is. I've never heard this being a bad term. Uh, but regardless, it's got that heavy tone to it. Like also yeah. the sitar in the song as well, kind of like really emphasizes that too. Like yeah. it took me by surprise. I really appreciate the chill nature of the song though, because of that though. Like this is a, like a big come down. This would have followed Catch perfectly, I think. Because yeah. remember, I, I said like torture catch, and then you have this one where it's still calm, but like things are getting a little more tense now. Like yeah. you can kind of feel that in the instrumentation. So that would have been really cool. Uh, yeah, there's light experimentation on this track too. Like you'd mentioned like pick scraping before. It's definitely in this one. I heard it in yeah. this one for sure. Um, it's very reverb and echo heavy, but granted the entire album is fucking post-punk. They, re they rely on that shit all the time. Um, there's not too much to pick on this song it's fairly minimal for the most part like sound wise it's filled up pretty nicely but there's still not tons going on so yeah there's not much shit to talk it's nearly five minutes so it's a little long mm -hmm. uh it's and it's also one of those things where like it was difficult to tell where i was in this track uh and especially because it ended fairly abruptly too so when it when it got to that it really made it like wow like where was i in this track was that five minutes already like some different layers may have like made made it a more interesting experience for lack of a better term i guess and also kind of like let me know oh the ending's coming or this this is happening or you're at like the three minute mark because like there was a swell in the instruments yeah but like it's it's pretty similar all through but again if you're just like chilling to the song it's fine but reviewing it you you tend to notice Okay, well, I'm just going to uh, whip out all of my notes for this one, because some of them I would like to think kind of mirror what you just said. Right. Um, now, referring to the end, uh, nothing prepared me for the end. It was just done. So I oh. definitely agree with that. And that is not the only time I felt that way. Oh, yeah. um, it definitely not a traditional song structure feels more like a transition from one idea to the next rather than its own cohesive piece 
Um, it kind of felt like it was like a something part two that would lead into something. Yeah, like a five minute interlude. Yes. Yeah. And we've done we've done those before. Yes, we have. Um, now, I'm starting to feel like these long intros are like a lead up to something intense and exciting. But it's just like the same feel through the whole thing. It, it isn't sort of like a punch anywhere. It's like I'm bracing for the punch and and there's nothing. Um, I, oh, I, I feel like this is a band of art students who want to experiment, but they need a singer to go mainstream. So here we are because the music I'm starting to enjoy the sort of like just chilling to the music. And then when the lyrics come in, I'm like, oh shit, there's a singer. I'm like, (laughs) um, and I think Oh, I I have a very uh, a nicely crafted compliment to the guitar. Uh, the bending electric guitar in the intro howls with loneliness. That that again that makes sense with everything of the Cure. Just it's always uh-huh. sad stuff. Hence why goths flock to it. Yeah, because it's got an over like seagulls. You said it before, like a somber tone. Like that's perfect. That's why it fits so well. Yeah, it's like the the guitar is just like. And it just kind of feels like you're like howling coyotes in the desert. I'm never going to let that image go because anything that sounds sort of airy and outdoors and sad, just immediate, like in the desert, sitting on the hood of your car, staring at the sky, wondering what it's all about. And it's funny because when you made that noise, the first thing I thought was uh, Will Smith. Uh, no, Will Smith. Will Ferrell doing the uh, siren sound from Boogie Nights. Never seen that. <laughs> that. That's fine, but I know someone out there listening just got that reference, and that's all. He's long story short. He's hitting on a girl. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna have to call like an ambulance for my heart." <laughs> and he just keeps doing that over and over and over again. So what you just did reminds me of a very quiet version of that. That's hilarious. And I have no idea if that worked because it cut out and I didn't hear it. So fantastic. Oh, good. Well, anyone, if you've seen Boogie Nights, you know what I'm talking about. That's all that, that's all that matters. Um, Yeah, I don't really have much more for the song. I mean, it, it was fine for what it was. A little long, but we still got a long way to go. Oh, my God. And do we ever. All right, then, moving right along. Song number five. Why can't I be you? Because I am a grown woman. I was going to say, do I want to be you? You do not want to be me. You want to drop like seven trillion brain cells and then be a woman? Wow, sex is against your own gender. I love it. No, it's not against my gender. It's just like... Do you want to be a woman? Yeah, do do you want boobs and a period? Come on. No, you don't. Um, I want boobs, but not male boobs. (laughs) moves um and anyways moving on from whatever's happening um so my first my first note fuck yeah dance party really a fan of this 80s saxophone i'm down for it it is just it it adds like a cheesiness but like it doesn't feel cheesy i don't know it's like i'm listening to it going okay this is kind of i actually kind of enjoy it this is good um, I would totally listen to this again. Um, I only have two more notes, so I'm just going to plow right through. Uh, well. 
the the guitar pushing the main riff through the verses keeps the saxophone primarily in the chorus, which makes it more enjoyable as opposed to what was it? Uh, torture, where I felt like it was through the what was it torture? I don't remember. Anyways, saxophone, the whole thing. Um, but uh, I like that one's kind of on one side. The other is on the other side of the verse. I like that a lot. Um, and there are some vocal tricks that he's using that I'm not sure if I enjoy them too much. I may just be unaware of like what he does with it because I'm not sure of the, you know, the deeper cuts where he pulls his voice a little, does this. A couple songs going forward, he he really sounds like he's doing something, but I'm not sure what it is yet, and I'm not sure if I like it, but I do really like this song. He's just yeah. having some fun. He doesn't seem like a fun person, so this whole thing is just a discovery on kind of quashing or squashing what I thought of Robert Smith by looking at him. Because <laughs> it's not what I expect. Just the stuff that he does and the songs, it's just not what I expect at all. Well, when when The Cure first started, they were aiming more to be like David Bowie and like Elvis Costello type. Like that's what they originally wanted to aim for. But then again, with him, uh, Smith playing uh, guitar for Susie and the Banshees and then Punk started taking over, he's like, I like this this goth stuff more, so I want to get into that. Yeah. So, I mean, now you're hearing, like, literally both of them melded at the same time, and it just feels weird sometimes. Now, just speaking of their discography going forward, does it skew more kind of dark and gothy? Like, do they kind of shed this as they go on? Because I know this is, what, like, a decade into them being a band, this uh, album, I again, I'm not huge on my like later cure. My later, yeah. I mean, like '90s plus cure discography. Um, the next album after this, I believe, is Disintegration, and it is more like shed. Like you don't hear horns. Like it is a far okay. more like beautiful, atmospheric album. Kind of like a like sad love songs in a way, but like I just okay. I really love the presentation of it. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't come back in later times. Like maybe he's yeah. just feeling more sentimental and in love for disintegration. So who knows? Okay. Interesting. This band isn't is just an enigma. Uh, head on the door. The previous album to this had horns in it too. I know that much. And it, it they kind of feel similar in a way, but I think this one's a little more livelier. So okay. maybe they were working into this sound. I don't know. Good to know. Uh, but yeah, this song was another intense mood change because yeah, it's very dancey, as you said. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, very bouncy, very playful. Like there was an overabundance of synth horns, in, in my opinion. Just like it became a little much after a while. Um, I do like uh, Robert's uh, very playful delivery of the vocals. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's not often you hear him very lively like this, and this album kind of showcases that too in a few songs. So. I definitely dig the vocal style. I think it's fun. I, it's nice to see him have fun considering he has the image that he doesn't. Yeah, right? Fun's just a three-letter word. It's nothing else. <laughs> like oh God, this like is going to be a Bob Dylan thing, isn't it? Do you want me to have, make them have a conversation? I'll do it. I... And then I'll bring Dave Mustaine into the whole conversation. Oh, my God. Oh, my I, Lord. I'm building up my characters, okay? Like, it's, it's just happening at this <sighs> point. This, oh. is, this is rough. 
I need someone to animate me doing a, a voiceover for Bob Dylan, Robert Smith, and David Mustaine in a bar together, five beers in. <laughs> you know, I would actually be interested in watching that, oh, despite God. the voices. <laughs> and I do like a, an Aqua Teen Hunger Force style of like um, sound panning where you can still hear something lightly in the background, but there's like things in the foreground taking over it but the background sounds what makes it kind of funny though because it's just like non-stop regardless so it's like bob dylan going on this huge tangent while the other two are just talking <laughs> talking to nobody yeah, you, just hear, you just hear bob like i went to the store once and then when i got there and then in the back you just hear went to the store and when i got there <laughs> but meanwhile it's like robert and dave just talking like i got funny ideas i, I this needs to happen just like the oh, jack oh. trilogy story that needs to happen too Oh um, I only have one more note for this song. It's it's yeah. relatively short. It's three minutes and fourteen seconds. Uh, maybe it's that previously mentioned like playful nature that I kind of like hinted at before. Uh, but so far, this one has the catchiest chorus. Like yeah. this one actually has a decent, fun, memorable chorus. The hook is like there. It's very pronounced, like word by word. So like, yes, yeah, so you're you're dancing to it right now. You got it. You know it. See, because that's, I hear- that, that proves my point. <laughs> Exactly. And I hear it. And um, I've only listened to it for this show. So like a couple times and I hear it and I hear the horns under it and it's this huge production and I love it. It is it could it's like borderline cheesy, uh, but I love it. I love it so much. Why can't I be you? See, it's so easy. All right. Moving on. Song number six. How beautiful are you? And it's not even a question. It's just like a statement. How beautiful you are. Oh, I wrote it wrong. So that's why it wasn't a question. <laughs> How um, beautiful you are. There you go. Now, I I, I have an, um, an observation about this. And I did hear uh, some of the lyrics. Obviously, they're the very first lyrics that start off the song. Um, you want to know why I hate you? I'll try to explain. Uh, after that, he kind of says a bunch of stuff, whatever. Then he says, how beautiful you are. Okay. It kind of feels like an unsolved mysteries thing, if you know what I mean. I hate you so much. You're so beautiful. You're now missing because I murdered you. Freaky. And that's that's the kind of idea I went with uh, on this song. Um and then immediately dropped it because I heard what I thought was an accordion. I don't know if it's just like synth or whatever. I hear an accordion. It might be synth. Um, That's but, fine, but I liked it. <laughs> well, it, it's funny. I'm chuckling a bit. I'm going to read all three notes because like they tie into the accordion. All three notes tie into the accordion. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm going to read it verbatim off my page. Um. A more of the moodier, gothy type of sound I've been waiting for. Minus, maybe minus the accordion. Kind of reminds me of the previous tracks, but I still like the feeling of this one. Maybe minus the accordion. Maybe a bit of a, maybe a bit long for what it gives you, but still a generally pleasant experience. Maybe minus the accordion. <laughs> my note is, I really like the music. Is that an accordion? That and the keys just sounds so nice. Yep. Of course. Once again, we're differentiating. Why am I surprised? Like, why am I actually surprised? And and then watch. We'll get five matches. Um, Great. Oh, the ooh. So the verse, everything sounded great. I was down for it. The key they go to, which I hope I'm using that appropriately. The key that they go to for the chorus, 
somehow made me physically uncomfortable. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's like a minor or what it was, but it made me feel weird. Didn't like it. Um, I enjoyed the beginning, but it did start to unravel after a while. And the strings in the bridge, they did the same thing that the saxophone did earlier on. Came in, did its thing. It left. Didn't even say goodbye. Didn't even lock the door on the way. I just woke up and it was gone. I was very disappointed. Oh, well, I mean, isn't that what everyone wants? Like you have your hookup and then the next morning they want them gone. Isn't that the whole deal? I bought an entire box of pancake mix thinking that I was going to make breakfast and then they left and what? I had just have to sit there and eat all pancakes by myself? No, I want to eat pancakes with someone. You are going to sleep over and you're going to fucking stay and I'm going to make you breakfast and then I will walk you home. No, sorry, you were a pump and dub. That's what the violence thought of you. <laughs> but the saxophones too, it must be true. Oh, you're the X Factor. Oh no. Fuck. <laughs> All right, we'll move on uh, to songs. I was going to make a terrible joke. I'm not going to. Song number seven, The Snake Pit. I was going to say something about Slash's Snake Pit, but I got nothing. I was going to say something completely different. Um, So one... <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm not doing this. So uh, one thing I noticed about the song that I really liked was uh, the bass harmonics. Uh, I, I thought that was nice. You don't hear that often. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, they have a very beautiful sound, especially if they're uh, used properly. There's a lot of bands who have used them and kind of like abuse it, just throw it in because like, hey, look what I can do. This is really neat. But no, it feels appropriate here. I like what it does, especially in the atmosphere. So uh, A plus for that at the very least. Uh, speaking of atmospheres, uh, I like how wide the drums sound. I I guess I really just like the sound of guitar bends because every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yes, give me more of that. <laughs> it's just it's something different and something like, I don't know, exciting, I guess. Um, it's the layered, slightly off vocals make me feel like there are voices in my head and it feels like I'm tripping out. Um, at about four minutes 30, I was hoping for some more vocals or at least some new sounds. For some reason, I was hearing like, like birds. Uh, I don't know if maybe I was getting that from the song or if I wanted to hear birds. I'm pretty sure at the end of this, I, I either heard birds or something mimicking it, which I was pretty pleased with that what I thought should be in there ended up being in there. And, um... It is probably since or a recorder, uh, but I really like the woodwinds at the end, like a lot. It and I'll just say, keep saying woodwinds. It does say in the credits that Robert Smith plays recorder in the song. So, yes, that is 100% a recorder. It sounded great. I really enjoyed it. It, I really liked this song. Which is a lot to say about a recorder because, I mean, us growing up in school, in different schools, I, the first instrument you learn how to play is a fucking recorder. You yeah. play hot cross buns or some bullshit like that. And I bought a recorder just to annoy you on this show, played it once, annoyed myself enough that I don't know where I put it. And it's been so long, I don't even remember you doing that. Right. Wow. I think I think this was, oh my God, uh, earlier in the year for sure. This year? I think so. Fuck, do I have dementia or something? I don't remember this shit at all. Yeah, I don't remember when it was, but I don't know. God damn, well, it must have annoyed you a hell of a lot more than annoyed me because I don't remember it. So, uh, plan backfired. It failed unsuccessfully. A hundred percent, yes. 
Um, well, I mentioned the bass harmonics, and that was my plus note because everything else isn't so much a plus no. note at this point. Oh, oh no, no opposite. We're thinking opposites again. What a weird show this is. <laughs> I know. I try. Uh, this one feels like it goes off key quite a few times, and I don't know if it's intentional or not. Maybe it's yeah. just the way the sound kind of works, but just something feels off about it. it makes it hard to enjoy it. Uh, and the vibe of this one gets tiresome before too long, too, because this is mm. a seven minute track too, essentially, yeah. like just a second short. Uh, it honestly may be the repetitive baseline that keeps happening over and over and over and over again for seven fucking minutes. Maybe yeah. it's that nothing really changes over those seven minutes, but uh, it could have been fine maxing it at like four minutes, 30 seconds, because you don't really get much beyond that. And this is this isn't really one of those songs I was enjoying the atmosphere of too much, like. I don't know. It wasn't there for this one. So this one kind of stood out to me as a bothersome track. Really? Really, really. Ooh, interesting. Okay, well. Zero I, matches confirmed. Right? I I hope that we get a match in, what, the next 10? <laughs> the, the second half of the album that we've not gotten to yet? Yeah, yep, that's the yep. one. Fingers crossed. If we did that, it would feel just like heaven, wouldn't it? Song number eight, just like heaven. Okay, okay. That was good. I, Shut up. That was it, good. We're just gonna move past it because I don't have any qualms with your uh your transitions. Okay. Have you seen the video of AFI playing this song for the cure and Robert Smith looking so despondent while watching them? I haven't, but that sounds like a Robert Smith thing to do. Every <laughs> and, time. And also, I'm not an AFI fan either, so him yeah. not looking too great about AFI makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> uh, let me see if Googling it. Uh, I guess it was like their icon something. I don't know. Oh, like, I'm like, getting too far into it. I've seen the Metallica icon thing, so I know okay, what you're yeah. talking about, like that type of concert setup. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Every time I hear the song, I always think of AFI playing it because they played it actually like really well. Um, and this, I chose this album solely because I like this song. Surprise. Fair. Um, I like the, <laughs> finally, I like the breath of fresh air that a familiar song structure gives me. I've, I'm listening to it. I'm like, okay, we got like three and a half minutes check uh verse chorus verse little bridge chorus and check it ends nicely it doesn't fade out it ends right at the end of the last chorus it is a nice neat little package with a nice little bow uh but then the rest of the album someone comes and just steps on the package and is like fuck this Kind of, kind of similar to the note. Real quick, going back when he said like he was like despondent when, when the AFI played this. Have you seen uh, when they were inducted to the Hall of Fame? Uh, some there was a woman interviewing the Cure on the red carpet of the Hall of Fame, and she was asking like, "Oh, how do you feel? This is gonna be a big moment." And like Robert Smith was just like literally mumbling and like not answering the question. All he's like, eh, "Whatever, it's fine." Yeah. No, I have not. It is like it's hard to watch because it's so like awkward because of what he's doing but he's doing it on purpose yeah. like he just, he doesn't want to answer questions give a fuck and so i feel bad for the reporter yeah. but at the same time it is so fucking funny because like he's just at a point where he doesn't care like it's just yeah. like i know people love me so if i act like like this no one's gonna care <laughs> was this recent or was this like a uh while yeah ago? a few years ago because they were inducted wow. 
2019, like just prior to the pandemic, I believe. As a matter of fact, Trent Reznor inducted the Cure into the Hall of Fame, which was awesome. I watched the whole speech. That seems like it would make sense. And I didn't realize that was so recent. I figured that was something that would have happened in the last 20 years. Like, like, I mean, closer to 20 years ago. They, they took a while to get in. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy, but yeah, uh, that happened uh, just prior to the pandemic and then nine shells went in next year. So that was even better for me to watch. Cool. Cool. Um, for this song though, uh, this is like the post-punk feel I've been waiting for, for this album Mm -hmm. so far. I mean, we kind of got it a little bit in previous tracks, but this is, uh, this is more or less the sound I was kind of like hoping to hear at this point. So it was nice to finally get it. Uh, yeah, I've heard the song before, obviously. I'm not intimately familiar with it, but like I know it, though, at the very yeah. least. I mean, it's c- kind of like some of the other um, Cure tracks. Uh, everything plays really well with each other in this track, too. Like the synths, the very the clean guitars and everything like that, the bass, they all pair really well with each other. So tonally, it was very pleasing. I, I got a lot of that at the very least. So... There's some good feelings on this one at the very least, even like halfway through it. And that's a lot considering it's only three and a half minutes. Speak of good feelings. Yay, we agree because I like this song. I like that it feels more like he's telling a story rather than just being a moaning, groaning, aching heart. He's like, that's what he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but he's not here. And the bass and guitar playing the same riff is so, like, it's very poppy and very like I don't know uppity and I really like it and it's very pleasing to hear and again I really like how the song ends right at the end of the chorus just nice little package and chef's kiss me likey mama likey well we we can uh we can very much agree on all this kind of stuff but it still won't match probably not uh, at least I didn't get cut off. I thought the Zoom was going to cut me off in the audio. <laughs> I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm whispering. This isn't going to work." I oh, know. Uh, just in case it won't, we won't match. We're still not going to match. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Ah, uh, uh, thank you. Thank um, you. I suppose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the only other note I have is about the vocal harmonies in the song, and yeah. uh, they pop up sporadically throughout. It's not like the entire song or anything like that, uh, but they're actually some of the best so far on the album. I like these ones because, yeah, like they don't have that kind of like. I don't want to use the word whiny, but that's the best word I can come up with. They don't have that like whiny feature to them. Like they're very like just sharp and like on the point, kind yes. of like call and answer really well type deal. I like that. Uh, it works really well with the movement of the track. Uh, and this actually sounds like, like, cause we already talked, you talked about Wilco before and like, Oh, you can hear the inspiration that Wilco probably took from the yeah. care. This sounds like something metric would go on to do later in their, like, like really? in their early albums and stuff like that. So I would not doubt for a half second that Emily Haynes and I can't remember the guitarist name, the guy who originally started metric with her, her boyfriend. Uh, I would not doubt for a second that they took huge inspiration from the cure. And like mm-hmm. a song like this, you can kind of hear what like, they probably heard the song. And they're just like, God, I wish I wrote a song like that. And then they wrote and songs they like did. that. <laughs> right. I mean, that's me listening to Nine Inch Nails and making my own music. God, I wish I wrote that. Mm, writes that and rips them off completely. <laughs> uh, when when I was younger, I used to have an Alanis Morissette cassette tape. And I would 
a jagged little pill, of course. Okay, yeah. And I specifically, and I, I really like the song still, uh, Head Over Feet. And I used to play that on the tape, but I used to record my own vocals on it. Oh, and yeah. I and I would like try and rewrite the lyrics but oh. to the same to the same melody, right? Yeah. You took it a step further. You didn't just I, do your own karaoke, you fucking uh-huh. wrote it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I feel like I am the ultimate thief of inspiration where I just stole all of it. And then the lyrics were terrible because, oh my gosh, how old was I? I was single digits, probably, right? Oh, oh, of course. I was not even in fifth grade yet. Ooh, so you were like less than 10. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Because I think 10 is like fifth grade. I can't believe I just said that. Yes, that is exactly what happened. Oh my god! If you ever, if those tapes could even possibly exist anywhere, I, we need to have them on the show. Oh, oh, definitely not because I I did record over it again, um, and then I just recorded uh, stuff off the radio. So and it's gonna be really warbly because you're just reusing the tape over and over, so it's gonna have that really wobbly effect to it after a while. Heck yeah, and that was like 25 years ago. Well, I was so. going to say, because if you had those tapes and you ever brought them on the show, I would find a videotape that me and my friend did when we were like 13, and we made our own music video to the song Solitaire and Raveling by Mushroomhead. It's like an industrial yeah. metal band. When we were 13, it was, yeah. it, it's god awful and it's not edited properly. We literally like record, stop, record, stop. There's no proper editing and yeah. there's no sound insertion. So it's it's humiliating garbage. But I I would play that if you had your tape. Okay, so now I don't want to keep keep going on on this tangent, but I do want to say, and this is a promise. Um, my grandfather used to set up his big fat camcorder on a tripod in the living room, and I used to stand in front of it and just like no one else was in the living room. Like I don't know why they didn't want to stay and watch this, but he would turn on the camera and I would just like stand there in the living room and like sing and dance and everything. If, if those tapes still exist, which I have a feeling they're at my grandparents somewhere, maybe if they are there and I ever get them, I will show you. Ooh, that's a promise. <laughs> I promise because I, will hold I, you to it. <laughs> I can't be embarrassed of something that I did when I was under 10. No, because we're all embarrassed by shit we right, did as kids. Right? And my desire to be on camera and everything has like, has died down significantly as an adult so looking at at me as a kid doing that going oh you had such high hopes and high dreams kid oh you'd have no idea what your future what your future holds but sometimes i think of that and i'm like you know if i ever find that i'm gonna have to show somebody because that was the funniest thing that i would ever see that would be very very interesting to see as a matter of fact i have some embarrassing things from my teenage years i could show that i actually did at like music video camps i won't go on those tangents now though i would show it though but seeing your tapes is all i want song number nine all i want i hate you so much that you went that far just for that um i thought about it in the last second whatever but moving on Okay, so I have three notes on this, and uh, overarching I, uh, uh, feeling, I did not like the song. Um, I did like the synths in the back setting the key because it was kind of just like whole notes sort of pushing, I don't know, giving me something different. But like the rest of it was massively repetitive, and I didn't really get anything from it. Um, now, 
Uh, oh, I did not think this needed anything uh, anything longer than maybe two and a half minutes. It's over five minutes. Did not need to be. And I do have one question because I did hear some of the lyrics, which to me sounded like two lines repeated over and over again, which I would not be surprised if that was the case. Uh, he wants to hold them, quote, like a dog. What does that entail? Like, is he grabbing the back scruff of their neck? He's like, oh, I love you so much. And then just mauls the back of their neck. Or is it like in a handbag like Paris Hilton? I mean, there's many ways you can hold a dog, depending on the size of the dog. Dog Saying dog is vague. There's many sizes of dog. That's that's what I'm saying. So like. Like, how would he hold it, like, hold them like a dog? Like, would it be, oh, so close, like how I smother my cats? You know, yeah, something like a puppy, eight, you know, 10 like pounds? Or is it like a big dog where you try and lift them, but they're so heavy that it's like trying to lift an open bag of rice and they keep falling out of your yeah. hands and you're like, fuck this. Or it's like a St. Bernard who stands up puts its uh, paws on your shoulder and you just dance, you slow dance with it, you know? Like Oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> I hate St. Bernard so much because oh. all, I I think of that and all I feel is Cujo. just slobber. Oh, oh no. no. I thought you were thinking like of messy. Cujo. <laughs> Ugh, no, I'm not, not a fan of big messy dogs. Um, so if, if he wants to hold them like a St. Bernard, I'd be like, no, I'm out. <laughs> no, thanks. I think St. Bernard's are adorable. Messy, but adorable. Oh, very messy. Um, I, I, on the other hand, for this song, not talking about St. Bernard's, uh, I like how the uh, guitars like drive a lot of this track, and they sound kind of messy doing it, too. Speaking of St. Bernard's, it's not going to messy, but it sounds very DIY on top of like the cleaner bass tones and like the drums and everything like that. And it's actually yeah. quite a decent combination. I actually enjoyed that much about it. I, I like that kind of sound. Because again, it's that post punk feel, and there's it's post punk has that quality of punk to it, but obviously it's like much different. But so I I like that they incorporated that. Uh, it, it's nice to know that we're like nine tracks in, and Robert's vocals haven't like gotten tired on me yet. Because mm -hmm. again, he's doing like that, you know, that longing, sad kind of like tone to his voice and everything like yeah. that. But, then again, that's like the entire discography. So if you don't like what you hear in this album, you're not going to like other albums too, because like he had his tone is iconic. So like, I mean, say what you will about it, but people adore it. I like his voice. So I, I don't really mind. I just, I thought listening to 17 songs, it would get a little much, but I'm fine with mm -hmm. it here. Because uh, he, he has a great melancholy kind of like tone to his voice. As I already said, like it's very iconic. Um, I think he's definitely one of the more polished male singers in this genre. Yeah. Uh, so like if you listen to others, like the first thing that comes like Ian Curtis from like Joy Division and how he's got like this kind of like very low toned, monotone kind of like angry type voice. You have Robert, uh, not Robert Smith, uh, Morrissey, who's just like constantly nasally whiny. Very whiny, uh, not longing whiny, but complainy whiny. But I, I feel like Robert Smith has more of a range to his tone yeah. and like what he does. So like, that's why I think he's one of the more like better singers in the genre. Um, And yeah, other than that, like the ending was like really abrupt compared to other times too. Like it's even more abrupt this time. Yeah. Uh, they have this way of creating this like encompassing atmosphere and then like just suddenly cutting you off. It's a little right. unfortunate because like I got, but like I got enough from this one. So that's fine. But it's, it's unfortunate that like the songs just keep like, 
dying like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's like one song on this album that I actually like the abrupt ending, which is coming up later, but it's not yet. Uh, I agree with the endings. Um, I will probably mention it when applicable, um, but I did feel like some of the songs ended before I even got any sort of payoff, so that kind of sucks. Um, but for all I want, I I got that's it. <laughs> I got nothing. Hope, hope you got all you wanted out of that one. I I didn't. Oof. Well, maybe the next one will be hot, hot, hot for your ears then. That's song number 10. I'm not repeating that again. So this one sounds fun already. Uh, I feel like I already knew that I was going to like this. First time I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, Second time I'm like, okay, I can get into this. Um, I really like the bass in this. Um, For some reason, I wrote nice bass, really creating the whole thing. I don't know what that means. Um, Very funky and fun to listen to, but I have to wonder, what am I supposed to feel with these upbeat bangers sprinkled in between somber declarations of love? Am I supposed to be sad or am I supposed to hit the dance floor? Well, I decided to hit the dance floor because I, I honestly was bopping physically listening to this song. Well, okay, I was going to say, concerning the fact that you and I are probably both undiagnosed ADHD, I mean... the, the Undiagnosed, mid- just unmedicated. What oh, that? okay, well, I'm undiagnosed, <laughs> but things just line up a lot. So you, you, yeah. think, you think that, like, this bouncing of moods would actually be beneficial because you don't have to focus on one thing for too long. Fair. Like, uh, that's that's yeah. kind of what I got out of it at the very least. Like, although when I, I like focusing on one mood, I guess like that's kind of like my thing about it. But like when I like something, I'm going to just devote it to that. And yeah. I, as I said before, like, I like the uh, more somber, gothier tones of The Cure. So uh-huh. when I get to these popular ones, it's, it gets a little like, oh, that that's weird. I, God, I'm just out of my zone now. This feels yeah. strange. Not that I hate it. Uh, but, but on that note... Uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about the uh, the acapella opening, quote unquote acapella opening of the core uh, the the song, because my, my opening note is, don't ever, ever start a song with acapella falsetto ever again. It was the biggest fucking jump scare when it happened, and but thankfully the progression of the rest of the song was really fun, so that negated my feelings for that weird opening. <laughs> I I thought it. And then I was like, this doesn't really bother me at all. So I was <laughs> well, like, I, I had a scream yeah. for mine. I was like, yeah, no, this is fun. Um, yeah, I I don't really have many more. They're all just stupid observations. Like in the chorus when he goes, hey, 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 it just from I all I thought was Fat Albert the entire hey, time. Hey, hey. Right? <laughs> that was it. But then I noticed that like He's kind of adding a little bit of something, something to his voice. A little spice, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I didn't know that that was what he did. So it's like the farther into the album I go. He usually doesn't. (laughs) But the more that I hear it, oh, there's uh, what I think. Yeah. A couple songs from now. I I really hear it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know if this is a normal thing, if this was like an experiment for this album. But it just kind of leads me to want to expand my uh knowledge outside of this album because if i'm like 
if I didn't know that he was capable or did this stuff, I wonder if he only did it on this album. Let's listen to other albums. And then, bam, I've listened to their whole discography. And that's usually how it works. So I feel like you may have got me. I, I can't confirm or deny that uh, how many more albums he does this on, but yeah. nothing that I'm aware of off the top of my head. Oh, uh, so it's a little interesting to hear that, but it, uh, this is kind of what I was saying in the beginning. How like he like it was kind of fun to hear this like playful kind of side yeah. of him. So like there's there's more life than than just like you know being sad and just like oh love and in the rain you know I'm in pain you know that kind of shit. Like although again I like that stuff anyways. I I'm I'm, I'm allowed to make fun of it because I like it. So I don't know, and you, you were you were right because you um, said a little while ago, like you mentioned the word funky. Yes, which again took me by surprise. I'm like, <laughs> the cure funky? Not uh-huh. not two words I use in the same sentence for any reason. Not even parody, but now it's real. It's canon, and so I have to actually mention it that like it's far more funkier than I would have ever anticipated a cure track being. So. That was interesting at the very least. Uh, the course was really weak in this one, though. I will say that much. Yeah. Uh, just felt like the uh, the, the lethargic like vocals given uh, on top of the instrumentals. The instrumentals like had far more life, and the vocals were a little more lethargic. So just like it was a weird combination, a very funky instrumental. So I I don't know. It was it was a weird feeling in this one. wasn't huge on it. Uh. Of course, the song I liked, you you say, oh, I wasn't huge on it. Well, you know what? That's fine. Uh, I only have two more notes. One is about his vocals, and one is about a saxophone. Who would have guessed? Oh, no. So the vocals, um, and I don't, I don't recall if this was during any other chorus in the song, but it was definitely for the last one where his vocals descend lower and lower and lower before he says, hot, hot, hot. Uh, down for it. I really liked how deep he went. I didn't expect it. It caught my attention and like it catches my attention every listen going forward. Um, and the uh, <clears throat> the staccato saxophone carrying out to the melody is fun and I'm glad it didn't overstay its welcome. Did you just use the word staccato? Oh my I God. did. I did. There are a couple notes in here that I wrote and I went, wow, it really feels like my brain is on. <laughs> and then I scratched my butt afterwards and it completely negated the whole thing. I like the idea of you scratching your butt and then the, the memory of the word you were just thinking of just like slowly <laughs> fades with more scratches that you do. <laughs> it is like a memory yes. eraser. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yes. The, I like imagining even more that it wasn't even itchy. You just did that to purposely forget something. <laughs> Can't be too smart. Can't be too smart. Did I just say a word? Shit, shit, shit. Uh, uh. And you just go cross-eyed, start drooling, blink one night at a time. You eat corn the long way. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I love that. I love that so fucking much. Eating corn the long way. Oh I my got- god. Oh, I've uh, I've seen some some signs at wrestling shows that say so and so eats corn the long way, and that that was actually the first time that I had ever heard that phrase before, and I was like, that's perfect. That's a it. uniquely beautiful insult. That's one of my favorites because it will puzzle people when they hear. It. They don't even they're not insulted. They're puzzled, and that's the best part because it's just like that's right, idiot. Think about it <laughs> until yeah, until the image pixelates in their head and they go. Oh God! Yeah, it's not, it's not a fucking hot dog, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Ridiculous. Okay, we're gonna move on. Song number eleven. One more time. One uh, more time. These had to celebrate. That's literally what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this song started off with reverb drums. Uh, not my shitty singing, but with every instrument that follows, it just screams late '80s. And you know what? I don't hate it. I actually didn't hate it. Um, Because it's late 80s. (laughs) uh, Again, uh, I am now aware it's synth, but I'm still going to say woodwinds. Shout out to the woodwinds again. It adds like this magical feel to it. And I really enjoy it. It's very like, I don't know uh, what I assume Lord of the Rings is like the visual. I don't know. I've never seen the movie. Um, But anytime I hear woodwinds, all I think is like walking through the forest on a like on a trek on a mission and i like it, it it's funny because with lord of the Rings soundtrack even if you haven't seen it like it's mainly brass and strings i'm sure there's wood in there somewhere. there probably is but like <laughs> also, the, the most iconic like motifs from that are like literally yeah. strings and brass yeah well they should add more woodwinds to that they're probably um, somewhere Now, I do want to compliment the drums and the guitar together because the drums don't fight the guitar because here the guitar is more like high strings, more treble, more bright. And the drums stick a lot more to like the toms and the floor toms and everything. So it's that nice like balance of the bright and then the deep of the drums. And it doesn't feel overwhelming to me. It doesn't feel like it's lacking because I feel like they balance themselves out real nicely. And I enjoyed that. Well, good to know that you're enjoying it at the very least. Oh, God, you're going to say you hate it, don't you? No, I don't hate it. I don't. Okay, good. Uh, I'll say it's not one of the highest rated on my list, but I definitely don't hate the song. Excellent. Um, This one was another crazy mood switch, though. Yeah. Uh, I do, uh, but I've, I mentioned like I like the slower type things, and this one's like slow down. I like that. It's almost a colder feeling to the track too, and I appreciate that kind of thing. If anyone's heard of the album Disintegration, when I say like slowed down, cold sounding, that's like the whole album. So you know what I mean. It's my favorite Cure album. So there you go. Are you gonna say something that looks like you're about? To... I was because uh, when I just wanted to clarify when you say like cold, do you kind of mean like like atmospheric? Like it actually feels like lonely and cold or what do you mean by that because it might tie Um, into my last note um it's a a little hard to explain but it's sometimes when you hear the instrumentals or something like something can feel like warm and embracing but other times it just feels like maybe cold and isolating i guess it kind of gets close to what you were saying okay about like loneliness Uh, a lot of it comes to like the synth tone and everything like that just the instrumental tone and everything like that like sometimes something is very warm and just like oh this feels nice it makes me feel happy okay I, I, it's hard to explain. I just know how I feel when I hear yeah. it. Okay. Understood. Well, what is your not to say about it? I mean, like we're on it now. Oh. I might as well just jump into it. Uh, it was my last note is just this song sounds desperate, but not uncomfortable. It's the kind of song that you'd play for someone as a last ditch effort to get them back. So it kind of feels like you're alone and you're isolated and you want that person, but you're kind of like, you know, you're in the shadows and they're in the light kind of thing. And that's kind of what I got from it. So I was curious to see if, if we were running similar, uh, similar thoughts. Uh, minus the visuals, I mean, it doesn't sound too off kilter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitars in this one are really spread out too. I really like that. Uh, 
with with its layering at the very least, and it's also like obviously reverb, like that's a huge part of this too. It actually does like a really great job of like filling out every corner of sound. But there's not even like it's not even one of those things where there's like a bunch of guitars. It's like one, maybe two, but just the way the production is spreads it out nicely, and I think that's great. Yeah. It it sounds really good, especially in headphones. I like it. Uh, the slower percussion like lends itself more to like needing smaller drum fills to fill out the space, which it does because it's a much slower drum pace. And I actually really like that. Uh, I, I like that there was like thought put into it rather than just leaving like these big empty patches of sound. They just do these occasional like tom hits between like the kicks right? and snares and everything like that. So yes! like, yeah, like I, I, I do. It. I do like that. Like it doesn't drum fills don't have to be these big, amazing things. If, if just like two hits of a tom drum does it. And yep. it fits, then yes, I'd take it. It's like it's kind of like a guitar solo. You don't need to shred. You don't need to sweep. If you have a three note guitar solo that literally fits the mood of the track, yeah, perfect. I love it. it. Like yeah. the song "Don't Forget Me" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's like three notes repeated over and over, but the way it's done and how it's presented is beautiful. So, like same thing with drum fills. You don't need these intense like tom drum just rolling across everything. You can yeah. have two hits. You're fine. It's good. Uh. I noticed that there are multiple songs on this record that do that, that you just hear sort of some lightly galloping toms here and there, but every time it's different. So it kind of feels like it's off the cuff and improvised where it's like, oh, this sounds empty. Throw something in there. Or it's like, and it's like, that's, I like that. And it, because it's not the same fill every time, it's something different to like catch on to and it, it keeps my attention a lot longer than it would otherwise. Yeah, probably because they're not like too planned out in the studio. It's just kind of like I know I have to fill the space and that's up to me to decide what's happening at that time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it works. Okay, moving on. Song number 12, Like Cockatoos. Interesting. Um, that's a bird, by the way. It's a what? A bird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those white ones, I think, right? The ones that I talk love, with the little... I fucking love them. Hold the cup up to their face, oh scream into the cup. Ah! Oh, my God. I, I, again, I see birds on TikTok, and I fucking love that shit. Oh, my God. So I saw this one. Uh, we may have seen the same one. Um, and the guy just like, what is this? Yeah. What is, yeah. Apollo. I, I love that It's bird. a bullet. I fucking hate birds. And I will watch that entire thing just to see him go, it's glass. It's glass. It's a bell. Hey, paper. Heard a pistache. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that bird and only that bird. There's so, so many good ones though. Uh no. So this song, interesting, very interesting. Like I woke up on a deserted island. I it, it felt I, I don't know. It's it's Honestly, right now, I cannot recall the song in my head. There are a lot of them no, that I can. Understandable, I get it. And a lot it. of them that just didn't stick. Now, this one, I, I would have wanted more of an intro to it because I do know that, like, it kind of made me feel like I was at sea, but, like, I was kind of, I, I, I don't know, not unsure, but it's like, I don't know, it didn't put me with a um settled feeling so i kind of felt a little like i don't i don't really know how to describe it other you're than a, uh you're on, you're on a fancy tropical like island but you drifted there you didn't sail there you drifted yeah there. yeah and no one else is there it's just me it's like it's like a gilligan's island thing yeah. um 
I, I do kind of have a gripe and I'm surprised that it took this long to mention it, but it does sound like they write just one riff and they try and find as many instruments as possible to play said one riff. And there are a couple songs, uh, past and future, that to me, they just they sound very similar because it's just um, it, it feels like a music bed that just has like a vocal melody on it. Mm-hmm. And by music bed, it's like it's not this part, this part, this part It's just a riff over and over and over from start to finish. And I kind of felt that here. Uh, and I do kind of wish it had a little bit more like meat to it. Well, and I, I hinted at that before, too, where it's just kind of like, yeah. I think it was, uh, I don't remember which one, but like the seven minute song, like where it's just kind of like the same thing for like the, a long, long time. If you're yeah. going to have a song that long, you need, you need to justify it having be that long, you know, mm-hmm. like even like the longest prog rock songs can have like a really long ambient section, but you can expect a hell of a lot more out of it, for example. Not that yeah. I'm trying to compare cure, the cure to a fucking prog rock band, but the idea is just like you can't have a seven minute track of just being the same thing. Yeah, yes. it's funny because this one is only like three minutes and 40 seconds, so it's not even technically that long, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, But yeah, these uh, Tropical Island vibes that we're kind of talking about here, like I got the same thing. So it was, you get these like noisy, what I assume to be tropical sounds, uh, kind of like layered through the entire track. Kind of sounds like, like waves, waves in a way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that was an interesting texture to throw in. It was something a little different, especially for like the time this track came out. So that was pretty cool, I guess. Um. I, I like the composition of the bass and the, like the acoustic guitar. I thought they sound really good. They mirrored each other very, very well and it helped make the melody a hell of a lot catchier. But then saying that in your note of like, oh, I don't remember anything about this song. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I thought this was one of the more memorable uh, um, melodies just because both the bass and guitar were playing the exact same thing for the entire song. So made it more memorable for me at the very least. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, even being three minutes and 40 seconds long, like, I feel like you have your fill of the song by the three minute part. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of like lost interest at that point. Uh, just went a little too overboard with the synth at that point. Overboard, I guess, being the pun for that one. I didn't even realize that until now. Nice. Uh, but yeah, like the synths went overboard towards the end. Like it, it kind of went a little nuts. And it's just like, you got to cut this down. It could be fine. You didn't need to go crazy with the uh, keyboards at the end, but you did. Whatever. And I scored it appropriately. Okay, now I was going to leave this note out, but I'm just going to say it now that you've ended on your note. My last note says, I like how symphonic it is at the end. (laughs) This isn't right. This isn't okay. (laughs) It went from not being surprised to being surprised to now just like, this can't be happening. We are so screwed. It's like every fucking song at this point, except for like, just like Heaven was the only one we've like agreed on thoroughly so far i am so glad that we are not getting class marks for group work here or else we would be screwed we did work with your partner no yeah we're in the same group and we did two separate projects (laughs) right exactly uh no transition to the next song something about diabetes something something number 13 icing sugar i'm a diabetic there's your transition i'm type 1 diabetic there you go That, that works Close enough. Um, Okay, I barely have anything for this one. Uh, Did not care much for it. I am growing tired of the same sort of song layout. Um, This song did nothing for me. Wasn't very memorable. 
Uh, I did like the bass tone and the use of drums, but I mean, that feels like a long stand or like a overarching statement because I said it from the very beginning. Aside from that, I got nothing. Not even the saxophone is going to save this one. I am sorry. I am sorry to anyone that I affected with those words, which looking at Chris's face is probably him. Well, because I, I, I mean, like opposites, right? Oh, fuck me. Okay. Uh, opposites attract, hence why we have a podcast together. Um, I did, I, like you mentioned, like the drums and the bass and everything like that being good. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Oh, yeah, you know, it's downhill. Uh, exciting pickup with like the rolling tom drums. That was really yeah. fun. That was going through the whole song. Uh, the very playful bass. And I liked the soft, whimsical saxophone to add a bit of tension to the track on top of that. Uh, I thought it was an interesting start to the whole thing. Um, and uh, this is like it's happened many times, but this is where I finally noted it that uh, Robert really likes to hold off on like inserting his vocals until like later into the track. Holy like we, we've shit. already talked about it, but like this is where I noted it. Yeah, uh, it's almost like he forgets he has a part in the songs. Yeah, he said he's sitting there just enjoying, and maybe he's like playing one of the instruments or something like that. He's like, shit, and then just like approaches the microphone really quickly and just yeah. like. I saw you standing there and like just keeps going about it. It's like because he has no idea what to say at that point. Like gets two verses in, then the song ends. You're like, where the fuck is the rest of the song? Well, most of the songs in this album are literally verse chorus with a bunch of instrumentals sprinkled everywhere else. Like that's it. So it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but it's funny because with this song in particular, like the vocals are like a little indecipherable in this one, kind of like what I just hinted at a minute ago. They're a little indecipherable because he he mumbles a bit. There's an echo effect that doesn't really help me to understand it. So like, it was really weird to like not just have this one be an instrumental. Yeah, it makes me wonder if the Cure has done an instrumental. They probably have, but uh, I feel like a couple of tracks in this one could have been instrumentals and it would have been fine. Because it's so weird when like you wait two or three minutes for the vocals. He does a verse, a chorus, and then it just goes back to instrumentals, and then it, the song ends. It blue balls you. Completely. And I mentioned that. And I also mentioned an instrumental co- very soon coming up. He uh, like it's it's like he was paid to meet a quota of vocals <laughs> and lyrics. And like he didn't want to, but he knew it was in his contract. So like that's why like it's like a verse course. And that's all you get. Everything that's else it. is instrumental. Like, yeah, like, oh, I mean, hey, whatever you do, you it's working for you. And spoiler alert, it worked. You're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Congratulations. Well, there you go. All right. Moving on. Song number 14, The Perfect Girl. OK, so um, I'm just going to run through mine again. Not a lot, uh, but they're not all bad. I guess they're more just uh, stupid observations as per usual. Uh, So from the start, it does feel like it's going to be a playful song, but because of that playfulness and sort of the imagery that I got from this, I am imagining the music video for this song being a carbon copy with all the same actors, the same shots and everything of the safety dance. But replace the singer with Robert Smith just standing there, complete seriousness while everyone is having a great time. Just him standing there in a field, just singing to the camera while everyone's dancing around him and everything. And he looks miserable to be there. I don't think I have any visuals for that, but if I did, it wouldn't be that. Uh, that was mine. Um, again, I maybe I was on drugs. Who knows? 
Um, well, you've picked albums for the show while you were high. So if you reviewed while you were high, I wouldn't be surprised. I do want to specify that this is solely legal cannabis in Canada. Yes, um, yes. It, it is not any other drugs. I am too much of a little sissy baby. So. Oh, don't say that. I, I, I refuse to touch hallucinogens ever. Uh, I won't do anything else um, solely because my anxiety, just my brain would blow it up and it would not be a good time. Yeah, she's um, fine. <laughs> yeah, so, so everything I do, it's all me, baby. Um, anywho, uh, I assume this is synths or keys or whatnot, but I mentioned sounds like a music box because it's very high and like, I don't know. I, I really liked it. It didn't last very long, but I heard a little music boxy type of sound. Enjoyed that. Um, the strings through the chorus really add. Uh, I like that. And I found that this song grew on me with exposure like an airborne disease. It's so funny that you had more notes for this than I did. I thought you would have far fewer notes for the song than I did. Uh, they were all just dumb ideas and talking about drugs, but but, but even so, yeah, you're like, uh, I hate this. <laughs> I it. have like literally two notes and one of them is like a question of like, do you think that like, do you think Robert knew the, the microphone was on in the first seconds of the track? Because I mean, he has this like little vocal improv and it just seems like so funny and out of place. Like I get he's kind of singing along to, but it just, it feels so strange and just, yeah. It, it feels like out of place. That's the best way I can put it. It felt. Is that the one where it kind of like do do does into the song? Is that a this little one? bit? Yeah, like okay. it's like the, the opening seconds. Like it's just right there. And yes. I'm just like, I'm just like it, it, he was just like doing this in the booth, waiting for the song to start, but he didn't realize the mic was hot. Yeah. So like he it, like there's like we're gonna leave it in. It's funny. Fair enough. Um, I, I like how subtle and playful the guitars are in this song. So that that's a, a nice touch to it. Uh, they're a little bit quieter behind most of the other instruments, but like, it's nice to have in the background. But other than that, there wasn't too much more to say about this song. Um, you you mentioned earlier like um, his, him writing lyrics like "I want to hold you like a dog" or something like that. Yeah. But this one, despite the song being called "The Perfect Girl," he keeps saying "You're a strange girl." He says yeah. it several times, and he's like, "I, I want to like shake you. I want to hold you upside down." It's just like this guy is just aggressive with women, isn't he? Like. Yeah. He wants to hold you like a dog. He wants to shake you, hold you by your ankles, and shake the change out of your fucking pockets, you That's stupid it. nerd. <laughs> maybe he wants to shake you like a dog. Maybe maybe he has a dark past. Well, you know, they, they say it starts with animals before it goes to people. I alluded to that earlier. Oh, spooky, spooky. This, These are all just stupid conspiracies, please. I, I, I was going to say, they're, they're, <laughs> there's literally zero conspiracies against Robert Smith, nor yeah. is there any allegations that I'm aware of. So, no, he is not a serial killer. Let's just say that we were joking. <laughs> yes, yes. This is just from two morons with a podcast that nobody said we could have. So Because even like... When I was, like, in my late teens, like, I thought it was so interesting to, like, research, like, those famous serial killers, like, the bunch. Oh, my God, me too. Is scary we all, I think everyone did at some point. Yeah. But, like, I don't recall any of them being, like, super romantic. Yeah. Like, some of them were, like, sexually, like, frustrated. But, like, I don't remember any of them being super romantic. So, it like, Robert Smith would be the most romantic serial killer if he was one, which would just be so weird and just strange. It would be like, I, I, 
I think it's it was the Simpsons, I think, maybe, where it's like the shadow on the wall looks like he's holding a knife or whatever, but then you turn the light on, he's holding like a bouquet of flowers, and you think the worst of him, and it's like you're at the movies, and he puts his arm around you, and you look, and he's holding like, you know, a, say a knife or something, and then you look again, and it's just like, it's just one singular rose, and you're just like, you're put off a little, but he's just, He's just innocent, innocent and romantic. And that's it. Yeah, he, he seems too pleasant to want to kill people. Troll, maybe, but like he's too pleasant. Yeah, fair enough. All right, moving on. Song number 15, A Thousand Hours. I do like how light and airy this is. And I really enjoyed the placement of the drums in my ears because I hear a little uh, floor tom roll on the left and little ding, ding, ding up on the little... Uh, I don't know, little those little small symbols that you put on top of your ride or your crash to kind of, I don't know, kind of little, I don't know what to call them. Like Just the fill in the stuff? blanks. Uh, they, you have you have the big symbol, but okay. then when you tie it on at the top, there's like another really small one, and it kind of like jingles a little when you go tick ding. Like like a a, a bell. China splash. Uh, no, those ones are too big. It's like this big. Like no, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe, I don't know what they're called. Symbol, but no, bells like on the ride though. So I, yeah, I don't, I'm not. I haven't really played drums since grade nine, yeah. so I don't remember the names of any symbols except crash ride and hi hat and stuff like yeah, that. Like the main right. one, the tiny little one. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It not a splash. Maybe it's a splash. I don't know. I think a splash is the the big like a big boy. No, may, maybe I don't know because I'm also thinking China, but that's like the broken one. God, we're we're talking way too much about drum symbols now, and you fucking hate symbols from our past three reviews. Okay, so we can't even talk about symbols. If you're playing symbols like fucking eight notes, no, screw yourself. But this one was nice because it was like did it ding, and then it moved on to something else. Then it moved on to something else. But I felt like I was sitting behind the set because it was placed very nicely production wise, and I appreciated it here specifically uh qu quick question and this has nothing to do with the cure and it has everything to do with symbols so you're very aware of incubus and yes. you know do you know the song warning yes, yes um, do. how do you feel about the end of that song as it's writing out and like there's like a very high use just symbols just all over the fucking place did, i would have to I was, I was just gonna say does that piss you off because like i mean there's a lot of symbols in the end of that song um I would have to hear it again because all I can hear is the uh, verse and chorus. So I only hear the vocals when it's I hear It's one the, of my favorite Incubus songs. It's, it's yeah. so fucking cool. I love it. Uh, I would like to do that album because that is an album that I am also familiar with. Well, we have a giant schedule. So <laughs> go ahead okay. and put, put it in Fine. somewhere. Fine. I will, contact, I will contact your secretary and have them do it. Yes, I have an administrator, a secretary, <laughs> a, an assistant. I have an intern. <laughs> oh my God, so many, so many walls to get through to get to you. I am surprised that I meet with you every week. My and, lord, and my un my unpaid intern also has an assistant. So like, there's just a wall of shit you gotta get through. And that that assistant though uh, is paid. <laughs> you, you you know what? Let's round all the way back to the beginning of this review. And why can't I be you? <laughs> God damn. Yeah, you, you wish you had this much security. I sit here, like, just shaking my head, like, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, okay, oh. A Thousand Hours. Uh, still talking about this one. <laughs> um, 
taking a thousand hours. One yeah, feels like it. One thing I noticed about the song that really like, comes back to the bass again, and like you, you hear like the bass chords because it's being used as like one of the lead instruments. Yeah. Like because you think it's like a low tune guitar, but it's actually just the bass doing bass chords, and I, I thought that was like really nice, really nice touch. Uh, bass chords are really pretty, especially depending on how they're used and when they're used. This song is perfect for it. The the guitars actually kick in later, and they like accompany that sound. Perfect addition. So I really like that. Uh, the synth strings got to be a little much before too long. Yeah. Uh, the tone started feeling like a little tacky. But I mean, this did come out in 1987, so those tones probably didn't bother people too much. But like, yeah, I have the problem of living in 2023 right now. So going back and hearing some of these synth string sounds, especially when it's like becomes too much in a song, it's just like, yuck. It's it's too much. Just too it, much. It, it was kind of like when we did Kate Bush, and I mentioned like in the very first, yeah. like running up the hill, uh, and the synth sounds I didn't like right in the beginning of that tra- track. I was like, this is like early '80s, though. Like, and that probably sounded fine back then, you know? So, yeah, yeah. But like living in the age that we do, it's just like I don't know. The tone's a little strange. I like the song though. Fair. Um, the whole world does because of Stranger Things. Oh my lord! I'm kind of coming around to that song, but I don't think I'll ever come around to the album itself. It's just it's not You've my bag. Recently enough, yeah. I I don't recall. I uh, I have flushed all of, all seasons aside from this one out of my brain. So, but but Krungbin was last season. That's your highest rated album. You Shit, can't I actually you can't really flush season four. <laughs> I really, bring it back, bring it back. I, re- anyway. I really enjoyed my number one from that album. Anywho, there you go. for this one. Now, speaking of instrumentals, this was the song, and I quote myself, at least four times I thought vocals will start here. Nope, maybe here. No, still no. Maybe it's an instrument. Never mind. There they are. How are we this far in this the album and it's still getting you? Like it's been every song up to this point. Because because the music in this one felt like it was leaning more towards instrumental. It didn't feel As like they all have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one in particular, I think this one I wanted it to be because it didn't just feel like I, I don't know. It just I felt like I wanted it to be. Anywho, also maybe I'm trying to be a little optimistic. Okay. Now, speaking of optimism. I I mentioned this because one, we're closer to the end of the album and I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm really seeing the whole gothy, emo-y, um, emotional and lovey, but tragic kind of vibe here. That's the new romantic movement, yes. I don't ever look back at my gothy emo phase and think, yeah, I was definitely mentally stable because I'm listening to this. But like, I listen to this now and I feel in such like, sure, maybe I'm not mentally stable now, but I'm far more mentally stable than when I listen to stuff like this regularly. So I'm listening to it and I'm like, man, I just can't emotionally connect with it like I used to before. So I think one, am I cured? (laughs) Um, That was off the cuff. You're you're welcome. Um, Like, am I, you know, cured of that? Or do I just not like it anymore? And I'm not sure. (laughs) 
Which is funny because, like, I mean, I'll open the door a bit. Like, in my late teens and, like, through most of my 20s, I, I suffered with depression and everything like that. And, like, a lot of, like, self-doubt and all that kind of, like, imposter syndrome stuff. And I yes. still do to an extent. Oh, my God, yes. To an extent, I still do, but it's not nearly as bad as it was. But, like, this music didn't start appealing to me until I hit my 30s. And, like, I oh, the really? worst, and, and my darkest parts were literally my mid-20s, my early to mid-20s. Yeah. Uh, and, like, this music didn't start appealing to me appealing to me until like after the fact so like i i wonder if it's because like i can appreciate it and like reflect on it in that way Mm -hmm. that makes me appreciate it more and like all these like sad sad dark songs and everything like that not necessarily the cure is super dark or anything like that but like i still listen to music in that vein so i'm wondering if it's just like maybe i have the appreciation to reflect and be like wow it was shit and like i can see why where i was sad and why i was sad and like and also see where I am now. So, and so this music is just kind of like, uh, oh God, bad, badge of honor is like not the term to use. Yeah. But like, I, I'm just saying like, I can reflect, but and like, I know where I felt like this and I can enjoy the music because of that. But knowing that I'm better makes it sound better to me. I don't know. Like, yeah. like It's hard to explain. It makes more sense in my head. I, I can kind of, I can kind of do that. I, I, have replaced this music or this album or this band or anything with something else. And I've felt those feelings about other stuff. So I can kind of get on board with what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Well, then there you go. It it works out in its own weird way. Like, then that's the best part about music. You interpret it how you want and uh, Mm -hmm. whatever comes out, boom, there it is. Exactly. Okay, we're moving on. Still two more songs to talk about. Song number 16, penultimate track, Shiver and Shake. Uh, do you do you want all mine at once or do you want to go first? Uh, I mean, go ahead. I know you probably want to end this much quicker than I do. So, <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just going to keep going. Okay, bang, bang, one. Bang. One, why do the songs keep ending without a real payoff? Two, nothing stood out here aside from some change in vocals and even then. Three, This song was like drinking water. Yeah, I took it in and drank it, but it didn't have any flavor. Four, saxophones can't help you now. And that was it. Listening to your notes, I'm just thinking about this again. End scene. This is now my pantomime for opposites. Ay, ay, ay. God damn it. Because I was definitely digging the uh, punkier feel to this track. It's the punkiest feeling track on the album, so I liked it. Uh, It feels so much livelier and energetic, so I was enjoying that much, especially this late into the album. Uh, I love the cool growling bass tone that came out of it, and it's much-needed intensity, and also... um, Probably the most all of the drums go on this album was in this song. So I was really digging that. Just like, it's a lot of life to this one. I was having a lot of fun. Uh, and this time, I think the uh, sudden ending was actually appropriate because of the style of song. Like, I kind of like the cutoff. So it's, I don't know. I, I thought it was like, okay, good. You cut it off at the best time, too, is three and a half minutes. You got everything you need to out. You cut off abruptly, and the style of the song yeah. actually pays dividends to that. So I liked it. Opposites. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> I literally have nothing else to say other than I am disappointed. Do you want to fight about it? Song number 17, fight. <laughs> I I was one syllable away from saying, yeah, I do. <laughs> I made you walk into that fucking wall. There you go. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. 
Okay, now I do have a question for you. Uh, this song in comparison to the last one, did you notice that this one, I, I think maybe production-wise or remaster-wise, much clearer, much louder? The production on the song felt a little louder than the previous. I wonder yeah. if it was on purpose. It could just be some of the tones cutting through a little sharper, but it was definitely noticeable. That's my note verbatim. Yes, it it's I liked it more. I don't know whether it's just maybe it's closer to what I'm used to hearing in 2023, but I I really enjoyed but that fact. It, it it was louder. It at least started like that. So I I don't yeah. know if it was on purpose. I don't know if this was just like a a thing they missed like look packed past in uh production i don't know but i definitely heard it we both heard it yeah definitely strange choice but it happened yeah i um i don't have um you know what you know what i'm gonna let you go first so then i can do the opposite pantomime to you because awesome. i imagine that's where we're going oh so you don't like the track okay cool that that's the opposite pantomime then uh because I felt this song had a great intensity to it. Uh, probably the most aggressive I've heard Rob go on a song as well, especially uh, when it comes to that fight refrain in the chorus. Yeah. Uh, that worked out a lot. So I actually kind of like it. I love the aggressive touch to the song and not only to the song, but like wrapping up the entire album of what we've got so far, because, um, you know, if you, if you talk about the whole bookend idea, yeah. um, like uh the kiss was like a very emotionally impassioned start to the album it had its own intensity to it this one has a far more aggressive tone to it yeah. so i, I kind of like how it takes that impassioned emotional idea but like presents it differently to close out the album so i thought that was a really good choice he's sexually frustrated by the end then he's like oh i'm so romantic and then at the end he's like i have too much testosterone i took the red pill <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I see the light. <laughs> Make toe. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I know. Fucking. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to have a track like this like a little earlier, maybe to yes. get you ready for it. But also, honestly, though, it works as a closure, so I'm not going to complain too much about it. Uh, mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like I I found myself enjoying this one, especially especially as a closer. Okay, well, um, I didn't feel the same. Uh, did not enjoy the verses. It Yes, it sounds like there's just too much going on. Uh, I did like the more, like, aggressive rock feel to this, but it felt like it was too late. I really, like, I agree. I do wish that it was maybe a little earlier in the album. Um, I didn't like how the, how... The, verbatim the ending sucked. Did not like. I was trying to sugarcoat it. Was not working. Um, didn't like how it ended, uh, but, but the keys, they sounded very good. Uh, but I, I honestly am so tired of this album now that I just can't even properly appreciate them. And I think personally, music like this and an album like this easier, di easily digestible in smaller bits, listening to an entire album like this released on vinyl four sides it's like that's a lot and i'm really curious to know if this is like some sort of i don't want to say concept album but if there's this overarching idea that necessitated having all of these goddamn songs on the album no they probably just hit a stride and kept writing I, there's no concept that i'm aware of holy smokes but also, like my my favorite album, Disintegration, is like just over an hour. But as I've said before, though, 
these are the kinds of things where you just kind of like put on and have them on. You don't necessarily yeah. have to pay close attention. But like I I like listening to like albums like this on like if I'm going from Hamilton to Toronto on the bus, I'll listen to albums like this. Because yeah. I'm just like looking out the window and just like watching the scenery, listening to music, not thinking too actively about the songs. And like they're perfect for that. Like they, they, you don't have to think about reviewing them or doing anything. So and one uh, singular tear just Oh, it's from your eye. If I'm alone and it's gray enough outside, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Here, yeah. Maybe too. It depends. <laughs> what's going on that day? How's Chris feeling? Actually, I'm, I'm going to like after recording this, I'm going to Toronto in two days for like a company work dinner. So like Ooh. I'll probably be listening to The Cure or Depeche Mode or like yeah. Joy Division or something on my way there. We'll see. We'll fucking see. Definitely Depeche Mode. I'm down for that. Not so much down for this song. Well, I mean, this is one whole song, but at least I did. I did this at one point on camera yeah. to the audio listeners. I'm t- our pantomime for opposites have been like swaying our one fingers back and forth away from each other to, to say opposites. I'm tapping them now because we matched on uh, how we feel about the Woo. ending at the very least. Yeah. Is, yeah. I said the ending didn't stick the landing like at all. No. Uh, it could have ended with a bit of a ring out. Uh, but the thing is, this album made a habit of sudden endings. Yeah. So I guess I'm not surprised, but I I was hoping for more out of the last track, and like I felt positively about this track, and just that it ended poorly. So that's unfortunate, but it's not so bad. Oof. I I got nothing else. Uh, I figured I would end on a high note and give you something negative. Uh, well, that's fine. Well, then I'll just my overarching note about this whole album is like. I mean, I've already kind of said this. It's not my favorite Cure album, but it's definitely a good yeah. project overall, which we'll know more about that in a bit. Uh, I can at least see where the praise of this album came from. And like, especially in me in hindsight, knowing like the more back catalog of The Cure. Yeah. Seeing how their sound evolved up to this point has been interesting. So again, I see where the praise came from with that note. Um, my overarching, um, I guess feeling about this album um i don't have one i just have a grand apology to you and everyone who is still here probably an hour and a half later i'm really sorry for choosing a 17 track album eps from now on i promise but then again i mean like our uh whenever we choose an english band for the podcast it's the best performing episodes we do aside from will wood <laughs> Uh, for some reason those ones do really well but like the english bands tend to get tons so you're gonna have a lot of the uh the english viewers uh watching you uh tear down robert smith hey i never tore him down i was gonna well i mean i did say some shitty things you did anyways next to part two and we rank the song (laughs) exactly we are at the end of talking about the album so thank you very much for making it this far and uh we would love to hear your feedback on the album as well because you've Probably listen to it if you made it this far and you're this interested to hear and just talk about it. So let us know down in the comments below wherever you're listening, because we are curious to know beyond our own opinions, because we talk way too much. And speaking of doing that, we still have to talk. We're not done yet. So above our heads, booms. Graphic has changed. There are names, there are numbers. There's going to be more names, song names, be specific, because now it's that time of the show. We take the songs, worst to best, least favorite to favorite, not so great to great, fucking uh, Robert Smith's hatred for Morrissey up to his love for being sad whatever you want to rank this as uh that's what we got to do now with the songs and fucking 17 aside 34 fucking songs fantastic like editing i have to do one song at a time so it, it takes a while so thanks savannah 
Uh, you're very welcome. And I want to uh, preliminarily um, accept uh, praise and thank you for the first album of like 17 songs where we're not going to have one single match. This this is it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. There's got to be a match. One in there somewhere. One. I I am so doubtful. There's a couple that we kind of had some notes on. And I'm not kind talking about just, maybe. just like Heaven Won't Match, I can tell you that. But like there's there's some of the like the middle of the album, early album songs that I think there might be a match in there. Well, I am glad that you have some sort of optimism when it comes to this, because I do not, and I'm not even going to say we're going to get one. I will be pleasantly surprised and shocked if we do, but I have zero faith in this. That's okay. We have episode one hundred to get plenty of matches on, I guess. Oh my god, so many. <laughs> We, we, we have to. Oh, my God, we have to. Because it's not going to happen here. So let's find out exactly how right and or wrong we are. Song number 17, The Snake Pit. That hurts. Icing sugar. <laughs> Icing sugar. Uh, 16, Light Cockatoos. 16, All I Want. Yeah, like, and I kept doing the opposite, opposite, opposite. We I'm going to have to remember this for, like, future match. episodes. Just the opposite, opposite. <laughs> not going to match. Oh, yeah. 15, if only tonight we could sleep. A thousand hours. Okay, I'm just going to write 1,000. I'll know what that is. Number 14, hot, hot, hot. Shiver and shake. Quite the opposite with temperatures there. Although if you're shivering, if you're hot, that means you have a fever. Number 13, icing sugar. Fight. Fight. We're, we're going to have to throw hands. Number 12, a thousand hours. The perfect girl. You are the perfect girl. Nine shells joke. Anyways, number 11, uh, why can't I be you? I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> uh... Yeah, you know, I can't even say anything clever. Torture. All of this is just fucking torture. Oh, my Lord. I'm Number so 10, sad. the perfect girl. The kiss. Man, big old goose egg for seven. You, you called it anyways. Why are you disappointed? You literally called this. Because I'm just ups. I it's like, oh, no, we're not going to get it. Or what do you for, what do you want for your birthday? No, I don't want anything. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, buy me something. Um, so it's like. Ah, we're not going to have any matches, even though deep down, I just want one. We have three more songs we can match on, so just hold on. Maybe maybe four. Probably won't. No, we won't, but we'll try anyways. Song number nine, How Beautiful You Are. Catch. We have two more songs we can match on. Number eight, One More Time. Oh my god! (laughs) I said one. I said one. Okay. That one. One more time. It's something, something in to celebrate. There you go. That works. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. My God. I did not expect that. So, yay. One. Although, statistically, that still looks fucking awful. Shit. Song number seven, catch. Like cockatoos. Cockatoos, cockatoos. I'm just going to write cock on my page and I'll know exactly what it means. Number six, just like heaven. Number six, if only tonight we could sleep. Uh, and I told you just like heaven was going to match. Like I liked it, but I know that you liked it more. Yes, I did. Number five, all I want. How beautiful you are. 
Thank you. Yeah. How beautiful. Number four, torture. Hot, hot, hot. Hot. Number three, shiver and shake. Wow, our lists are so flipped. Why can't I be you? Why can't I be you? It was catchy at the very least. Damn right it was. Uh, number two, fight. The snake pit. I really, I like that one. Number one, the kiss. Just like heaven. I do agree with your with your uh, number one, though. I did like that one. It just happened to slide down <laughs> as the album went Ten on. Ten spots. Yes. I don't know. I, I thought it was a great starter. It has that cure feeling that I like so much, and so that's why I, I put it up there. I was like, this, this is it. Well, I respect your uh, your choices, even if I don't agree with them. I respect our one single match out of 17. And I like I like how it's one more time where it's like, okay, we're just we just gotta get this one more, it's one more match. And it was the one where we both made a fucking daft punk reference. Yep. All right, well, no more daft punk references because they're not on our album rating screen. So that's what we're gonna go to now to see where we rate the record. So let's do that. Swoosh. All right, here we are on the album rating screen. God damn near. Like, this will technically be the 100th album on the list, but it's not the 100th episode. It doesn't count. Yeah. Part five is a part two-parter, whatever. Anyways, there's a lot of albums. And now today we have to add The Cure's Kiss Me X3. So that's what we're going to do. I don't have the highest hopes for this. Um, It might be one of our faults, maybe both. I don't know, but I'm leaning one way. Of course. Uh, well, technically, even though I had to like explain the album and everything like that, I guess I have to go first with my score because you chose the album. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. Well, uh, just off camera here, uh, we were talking about like, oh, where where do you think I scored it? Where oh, here's what I think you scored it type deal. Yeah. Um, you said what seventy five or seventy six, right? Yes, for you. That that's where you thought I put it. Um, I will say my score surprised me. Uh, I didn't expect to go super high with this either, uh, and I didn't. It surprised me because it went the other way. But it, it's I still like it overall as a listening experience, just not as an album to rate. I gave it a 72.64. So I put it in the B minus. I always try and do the math to see if I can celebrate B tier or not. So we're going to get close. I was like, uh, I'll say for you, I said it was going to be like 67.5 with a 1.5 differential going either way. 67.82. Oh, oh, Chris fucking massively close. You you were close. And if we're doing prices, right rules, you did not go over. So you would have won the showcase. Or at least I get to go play Plinko now. Yes. So 67.82. Uh, and and clap to your heart's content because we did B tier the album just no barely. no I wanted to C tier it Why? I it's not, the cure yeah 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 but it, they start with a C you know it's all canon um but um, no it's the beer <laughs> but, but I when I saw my score I was like okay now Chris better not knock it into the B tier because then I'm going to yell at you for having another B tier album while completely glossing over the fact that I C tiered it. Yeah. I mean, 
whatever. I have the higher score, so I guess I'm the one who technically put it in the B tier. I don't care though. The cure is good. I like the cure. <laughs> but seventy point two three is our B minus score for the cure. It is disappointing that it is not as good as Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but it's better than Sloan the Double Cross, which uh, was only a couple weeks ago. And let it be known, and Robert Smith would be happy about this, that this album was better than the Smiths that we did, which is down in the C tier. Yes, it uh, this, it goes the Smiths, Sloan, and The Cure. So they're pretty close, but they just edged the Smiths out just a little. And, and that's fine. And once again, Robert Smith would be very happy about that. Morris, he can suck a dick, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he probably does. Oh, man. Well... So I'm going to say this real quick because we're back on the screen now. Hello, our faces are back. We have one more episode left. And I told you a while ago, we need one more A tier to break the record for the most A tiers in one season. Yep. So now it's up to episode 100. It's going to be one of those big flash finishes to see if we can get that done because we have another B tier on our hands. The cures kiss me, kiss me, kiss me is B minus. I, I don't know. I can't I can't promise anything um, as much as you want me to. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe next week. Maybe it'll be a C plus. Who knows? Well, I, I didn't want to say anything to spoil anything about next week, but just like yeah. I have a, my doubts about it being a C plus. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. We'll see. I could make it happen. You would actually like thunder shock me if it was a C plus. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil too much about next week. Uh, so we're going to stop it right there and say, hey, thank you very much for making it all the way to the end of episode 99. Hope you've been partying like it's nine, episode 99 to the very <laughs> least. There's, there's another Prince reference for you. The exact same one as the beginning of the episode. If you liked what you see or heard today, if you like this album and you want to discuss this album with us too, by all means do that. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. Leave comments down wherever you're listening because, again, uh, we'll see them in this fantastic. And we want to know your opinions. What do you think about this album? How would you rate it? Where would you rank the songs? Do you agree or disagree with us? What's your opinion on it? Please let us know because this goes beyond our opinions. We want yours because that's kind of what we're trying to do with this damn show. So do it, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes please and thank you I, I realized it had to be polite at the end there so. <laughs> <laughs> so Canadian of you yeah I mean if I was American I'd just tell you to go fuck yourself but I'm Canadian so I have to be polite <laughs> it's in my it's in my blood A it was flowing in there with the maple syrup and whatever hey I, I was just recently in Quebec so I had actual poutine real actual poutine not just yeah. the gravy and melted cheese when I was there they poured um, tree sap on ice and then rolled it up with a popsicle stain Ate it right from the tree. It was fantastic. So Canadian. And then they called you uh, a dirty anglophone spit on you. <laughs> and they go away. I had a pleasant time in Quebec. I'll say I, that much. I was going to say I was 12, so I don't recall, but I may have just completely blocked it out. I was last week. So, I mean, I, I was old <laughs> enough to remember everything. Fair. Okay. Well, we're going to let you go, but we do have to uh talk a little bit about next week's episode because i mean obviously it's episode 100 it's the big uh -huh. one season finale of <laughs> season five so like it's obviously a, a big deal in triple digits uh and savannah is going to give a, a smidge of a hint about next week's band but what kind of hint could you even get at this point i don't want to spoil anything but but like what can we even say anymore <laughs> um i wasn't going to give one i was going to be like just watch it um, but, or listen to it, sorry, if you don't have video or if you're blind, 
Um, you don't I, have to. I mean, whatever. I, I'd say... Um, Can I give a hint? You know what? Yes, because any hints that I give will be personal, and I feel they'd be too obvious, or I've already talked about it, so then you'd know. My hint's going to be a little obvious, and that's fine. Okay. I don't care. Like, let's have fun with it. First off, it's an album that Savannah and I both chose. We both agreed yes. on. It. So yes. it's not we did one of us chose it. It's not an anniversary. It's not a request. We both chose it to do episode 100. It had to be a big thing. And hint number two, look at my background. It's somewhere in my background right now. Yeah. It's somewhere in my background. Just saying. <laughs> so uh, uh, are we doing that cheese mask band again? Malibu Ken only has one album, so no. <gasps> Unless okay. we're reduxing Malibu Ken, then no, we're not doing them again. Okay, good. Uh, right. That was a one-off project that will never see the light of day again, which is fine. Glad we're. I, I think I rated that too low, but regardless, yeah, uh, uh, I kind of give. If if you're watching the visual hint there, I think I gave it away. That's fine. I don't care. It's gonna be a fun time next week, and we also have a fun plan because it's episode 100, right? So like, we don't want to just be like, oh, welcome to episode 100. Hey, yeah. huh, fun. So we 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 got something fun planned for next week. So make sure, even if you're an audio listener. Tune into YouTube next week. That's where it's going to matter the most. Yes, I'm going to change my background because, you know, when we did our two year in August, I had this really sad deflated number two balloon because I didn't understand how to inflate it properly. Hey, I we have been setting this up for a while and my background is going to be completely different and I'm really excited and I have all of the supplies already. So I'm prepared for something. Hint, it's going to be a green screen with the most obnoxious shit you've ever seen. <laughs> yes it'll be me at a strip club and also very poor lighting so like you'll be glitching in and out of the screen you'll see patches of green every once in a while i love it oh man if, the, if only that was our big plan for episode 100 well we'll leave with that and uh we hope that you look forward to next week's episode the big one the closer and everything like that uh, we also got an announcement too so stick around for that that's gonna be a whole yes. week away don't worry about that now in, in the meantime go listen to some awesome music like the cure and we'll see you again for the big triple number episode 100 Woo! so take care friends Bye bye <laughs>